and it does not live in reality. That is just the facts. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. Hey, Larry, it's episode 115. 115. Of the Rage. Yeah, it's a good time of day, too, 115. I always like that. Seems like we're just doing episode one. Yeah. Well, one fifteen, it's good. You finally woken up. You're not exactly middle yeah. of the day. You probably just had a good lunch or about to. Yeah, I've never been a morning person, so I'm really not fully conscious till about one fifteen. Yeah, and it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over yeah. The, this past weekend, eighteen shot, one killed in the city of Chicago. Well, okay. What were the temperatures like? Uh cold again. It wasn't totally frigid cold, but we're back to cold where um, we had a few days. I mean, it's like 41 now. So, I mean, it's not the worst you Mm. can think of, but it's not, you know, 60s, 70s. Let's go out. Yeah. Enjoy the lakefront. Pop off a few caps, you know. Yep. Pew, pew. They they want the White Sox to move uh, further towards the city. Oh, it's going to be a delightful thing, even though the Bears are most likely moving out of the city. Oh, really? Where are they going? Arlington Heights, which is a suburb that's about maybe, well, it depends on traffic. Without traffic, it's probably 30 to 40 minutes outside of the city. My buddy Tom, who passed away six or so years ago, he used to live in Arlington Heights, and he said there were plenty of times trying to get to Stocks Park took hours because, Mm. well, traffic. Yeah. Okay. But so it's they still wanna, in Illinois, so okay. Right. right, yeah. I mean, it's still that. I mean, they're like, well, if the White Sox move from where they are now, you could give the Bears the, you know, the park they're in now. It's like nobody wants yeah. the park they're in now. Why don't they want it? Well, it was never all that good. I mean, it's it got a lot of crap because unfortunately, it was built right before the new era, where the stadium started looking retro and interesting again it was one of the last ones that you know it was like if you were building a mall they're going to build a thousand of them exactly alike right that's what this ballpark was it didn't have a whole lot of character to it it was functional all right but not a lot of character and they're still not talking about doing a closable roof which in chicago what the hell are you people thinking yeah really the closable roof i'm sure it adds a lot of money but these People that are building the things have a lot of money. Yeah, I would think. The closable roof worked great in Milwaukee. I mean, the Minnesota Twins did the same thing. However, they went from a dome and like, well, no, no, we're just going to build an open air stadium. It's like, yeah, because it never gets cold in Minneapolis. Okay, the Super Bowl in in Vegas. Um, 
I mean, they don't even have like a, a pro ball team of any league there, right? In Vegas. So where was that? And did it have, did it have a, a roof on it? Or as you would say, a rough? <laughs> I am not sure. <laughs> I, By I the mean, way, did you see somebody on No Agenda Social was bitching about you calling it a rut canal? It's a rut did you canal. See that? Is it, was it yeah. CSB? Somebody. Maybe. But that would be redundant. A rut and a canal is the same fucking thing. Exactly. It? It's a root yes. canal. It's a root canal. But people here say rut. It's the ruts. <laughs> you get it by the root. You yeah. Know, it, it's just, uh, it's Chicago language. Yeah. But Vegas does have a professional hockey teams in the Golden Knights. They have okay. allegedly the Oakland A's moving there. Oh, really? Within the next right. few years, although Oakland, the fans are still trying to fight it. I don't know why, because they never showed up when the Oakland A's were, you know, have been playing recently. They, although their park is horrible and everybody wanted, I think what happened was in Oakland, the management was smart because I think they wanted the hell out of Oakland, which isn't a bad idea when you mm. know what's going on in Oakland. I think what they did was they lit the park, which was again, old never really all that exciting to begin with i think they kept making it worse and worse so the fans dwindled down so they could say hey got no support here we want to move yeah and by the time the fans realized what was going on they're like no 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 we just want a new stadium here and it's probably too late yeah but i'm assuming if there if there is and i guess there is no national football team in las vegas could be like unlv or something like that maybe i would assume they have yeah, I bet that's it yeah because yeah. college football still brings them in i think there's probably enough uh yeah i want to see some stats from uh you know vegas chamber of commerce because you think about the the world's biggest pop star shows up in vegas with the world's biggest or at least the western world's biggest sporting event i think is a super bowl i mean what, what, i want to know what like I would imagine like a room in some shitbag Motel 6, five miles from the Strip, was probably $700 a night. Oh, you know? yeah, I, mean, I want to see those stats because they got to be interesting. Let's see. Oh, the, okay, so wait. The Raiders oh, you've moved got them. to Las Vegas. I didn't know that. See, I don't Who follow the Vegas? NFL at all. Who? The uh, Raiders moved. No shit. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea. Well, see. They play their home games at Allegiant Stadium in Paradise, Nevada. Now, that's a beautiful name. Yeah. Pfeiffer's like dorks. We don't follow football. This is <laughs> no football at all. Not no. even a little. No. No, no, no. Ask me about racing. I can answer some of the questions. Football, no. Mm -hmm. Baseball, I have. it's amazing how quickly that stopping the baseball thing for me happened uh, right about the time with the vision issues. So six mm -hmm. years now it's like, I couldn't tell you one person playing on the white Sox. It's amazing how quick these rosters turn over. Sure. As you said, that Seinfeld said they're rooting for the, uh, for the jerseys, right? For the clothes. <laughs> That's all you're rooting really? for the clothing. Yeah. You know, cause there's otherwise everybody moves around, which is why I like racing yeah. because you're rooting for, the person so even if they move yeah. your favorite driver is still your favorite driver it's not like oh no he's driving sure. for this team now we're on the same we're on the same page you know it's what you're talking about is single combatant sports yeah I'm like boxing and those have always been the only ones i give a shit about i will watch a, a good car race i'll watch i'll go out of my way to watch a good prize fight 
Um, even the Olympics, you know, like the, the downhill skier, the individual stuff, the downhill skiers, whatever. If there's a team involved, I'm really not interested. So you didn't tune in for the Super Bowl last night? <laughs> didn't watch all of the festivities? How many fucking years do I know you now? You asked me that. <laughs> I did not either. Uh, now, I, when I, I uh, to be fair, when I saw the pop up on my phone that like they're going into overtime, I tuned in for that because I'm like, okay, this this will be interesting. Yeah. Even if you don't like a sport, it's kind of like if you don't like baseball and you get the pop up that's like some dude's got a perfect game going into the ninth inning. You're still like, this is interesting. There's a human interest story here. And even for the overtime, man, you saw Taylor Swift a lot. I mean, was there a lot of her? Yes. And well, there were was people she up that, in the skybox jumping up and down? Oh, yeah. Who, she was flanked by a couple of blondes. Who were they? I don't know, but they were pretty damn uh, pointy. But they were pretty good looking. Yeah. 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 People got mad. Oh, by the way, I just got to stop you know. for a second yeah. and say, I know you are like the king of the, uh, the thumbnails, and I hope you don't take this wrong. But I got to say, No Agenda's thumbnail for yesterday's show is my all-time favorite. <laughs> Mr. Scaramanga, I tip my hat to you. Holy God. Yeah, it looked like it was AI generated, but that's what AI can do. Wow. And, and, and does, wasn't um, like a few months back, wasn't Adam complaining about no more cheesecake or was that Dvorak? One of them was bitching about cheesecake thumbnails. I thought, well, I guess that's over. Uh-huh. Well, they always <laughs> wanted it and then they got it and then they thought they were doing too much of it, but then they're kind of leaning into it. It's hard to say. I mean, wow. I mean, that was worthy of Bob Guccione or so. It was incredible. Hey, I wow. learned long ago, you never know what art they are going to pick on No Agenda. So yeah it is a uh, it's a roll of the dikes yeah and it was a beautiful piece ai does not always do fingers well and it can no. have problems with faces looking so, so wait a minute so that was an ai image it had to be yeah i believe uh-huh. yeah but i thought i thought adam didn't put a no no on those as well that's long gone too was that right? As long as it's good AI I'm, now, it's okay. If it's good AI, it's okay. All right. Because it's now a tool that everybody's using. And here's the thing. When you're dealing with the type of artwork that the No Agenda show does, which is all guerrilla art that people are doing while listening to a show, and then it is right. chosen at the end, it's all mm-hmm. artwork being made in a two-hour time period because you, you can guess about what mm-hmm. they're going to cover, and that works like 5% of the time. Right. Otherwise, you're doing it live. And AI can speed up a lot of things. I'm sure. So what instruction set would you give the AI units? Hey, draw me a, uh, an ass, you can, a perfect ass, hard enough to crack eggs on, yes. uh, swathed in, you know, like some football short shorts or whatever the hell it was. I mean, what would, you, what would you say to AI to get that result? Just pretty much almost that, you know, attractive female from behind wearing a football jersey and tight shorts, then boom. Mm. It just wow. creates it, man. Wow. I'm impressed. And if you don't like it, it just keeps creating more and more and more, <laughs> which is why there's a lot of garbage out there. But it's all about knowing how to, uh, you know, yeah. fine tune and keep adding details. And yeah, the AI. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're getting better at understanding just straight out human language rather than breaking things down into like subject and color and lighting and all of that where that's in the olden days you would have 
to really put in like, oh, well, you know, spotlight or you would have to put in cinematic lighting and you'd have to put in all sorts of different things where now you just kind of go photorealistic and then tell it what you want. And a lot of them are getting better at understanding what humans are saying with the text that they put in. Hmm. Now, I tried a couple of free AI things and, you know, the results I saw were, I thought, well, maybe that's because it is free because it looks like shit. <laughs> Some of them, it's dreadful. If you know so, what like, you're doing, like the anything with the stable diffusion models, you can get really good results. And where they're, where they're really getting better is the ability where it used to be, hey, if I wanted to make a bunch of Larry artwork, I would need a bunch of different headshots of you looking in different directions and all sorts, you know, different facial expressions. It's gotten to the point to where it's pretty damn good. Some of these with feeding it one image, which is great. If you're looking to make the kind of thumbnails that you do for your show Mm, where you put yourself in all sorts of different, uh, you know, places and Mm. whatever. And instead of having to find, you know, a picture and just overlay your head on it, you just tell the AI, Hey, put Larry here. Yeah. And, and with that, do I need to, to use a paid AI site to get good results like that? I mean, can I get that from a freebie or what's, you know, you can still get pretty good results with the freebies. Yeah. There are some, you have to then download the software and know what you're doing, which can be a pain, but it's quickly accelerating Hmm. and getting better. But this is why any celebrity that starts getting mad about deep fakes, it's like, it's a, it's just a fact of life now. I don't yeah, know what you can really do. I don't know who you're going to sue, who you're going to go after, because everybody's going to be creating them. Yeah. Genie's out of the bottle. Uh-huh. And there were a lot of people mad at our last show because we talked too much about Taylor Swift. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm like, Larry started it. He brought the libido clip. <laughs> but I'm like, everybody. I'm like, here was the thing. It's like, normally, this is not a show that talks about Taylor Swift a whole lot. Right. But last week, it's like, okay, here's Charles Barkley. Okay, we don't always bring Barkley, but I always watch what O'Reilly's doing. He's talking about it. We always watch what Keith the Queef is talking about. He was talking about her. Everybody sure. that we, Labido, it was like a perfect storm. It was, and it is. And I do believe, I do believe that, uh, you know, at some point the flame out's going to happen. The, the, it's got to implode. She's just too hot. She has to cool off. So we need to. You know, that's that's uh, that's noteworthy and, and not just I think that chick is really transcended pop culture in that she's being, you know, she's grist for discussion among people who pretty much don't give a fuck about pop culture. Yeah, I would think like an O'Reilly, you know, right. You know? Right. Like, where so, is that coming from? I was surprised O'Reilly said because he's uh, he's gone to a bunch of Super Bowls because he's super rich. Yeah. And he wasn't going this year because he doesn't like Vegas. I mean, I can understand that. Yeah, but he said that the best Super Bowl halftime show he ever saw was Prince, and I would not have expected that from O'Reilly that he would have been mm. a fan. It no, was I wouldn't expect that either. No, and it was one hell of a halftime performance. And yeah. just just to show you in the troll room, this is just exactly how it goes. No parade says more Taylor, and then on the next line, Captain Oblivia says no more Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> They're all split right down the middle. Yeah. But at least she, I was, it didn't really care one way or the other. I was, you know, at first when I saw the halftime score pop up and that it was 
the Chiefs were losing 10 to zip. I was like, oh, Taylor's going to be the Yoko. Everybody's going to be pissed. Like this was a team that should have been the. Yeah. The Super Bowl, I didn't I didn't even know. Here's how much I know about football. I didn't know the Chiefs won last year, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I was not aware. We need a football expert in here because what I was going to ask you next is, I mean, it, it seems it's always, you know, forever. It's the quarterback. That's the guy, right? He's the he's a leader, right? And he calls yes. the plays and he's kind of the he's the main man. I've always understood in football, right? So this. This Travis Kelsey guy, was he a running back or a tight? What the hell is he? It was position. I don't know. He seemed to run and catch the ball. He's not the quarterback. No, he's not. Okay. So, but, but it's, it, it seems as if, um, then there's some other dude who's like, uh, he got MVP Mahone or something. Yeah. That's the uh, quarterback that, uh, so he is the quarterback. Yes. All right. And I guess so, really, he, really, really good. All right. So, so, but in terms of coverage, Mahone doesn't exist. It's all about, swifty's boyfriend right so like how instrumental was was travis kelsey in that game win did he do anything fantastic or noteworthy or just show up and be his her her arm candy i mean he caught a couple of passes just in the overtime I mean, he seemed like he was uh the number one guy that they would go to but uh, of course Mm. for the for the final touchdown that's not who you go to you go to the guy they're not expecting right which was nice but Mahomes, I mean, my wife, I probably knows way more about football than I do. She's like, the Bears passed up on him. They could have had him. And he's like, I guess the greatest young quarterback that the NFL has seen in a long time. And it's like, well, that just shows you Chicago teams. Yeah. And what about uh, the little uh, hissy fit that uh, Travis had on the coach? Yeah, I, don't the know. I don't know. I did like the memes, though. If we don't yeah. win this game, she's going to write a song about me. <laughs> I, I was, I had, again, I know nothing about the personal lives of anybody as much as I will tell you. I enjoyed listening to a Taylor Swift song from now and then do not follow that. So when he took the microphone uh, for the post game and like start singing Viva Las Vegas and I realized, oh, he's like the loud mouth party asshole. I get it. Oh God. Did he really? Yes. Yes. Oh, man, I have to look for that. <laughs> But it's like, I had no idea. I mean, I have, it's not interesting. It's all, uh, I mean, if you think having flame wars on the internet's exciting, well, then you follow the lives of celebrities to see what's going on. Really? Captain Oblivious says the game seemed rigged and some other people have mentioned this. It's like, come on. My my brother-in-law told me it was rigged. And, you know, I said, really? And he said, yeah. And then he, then he went through a whole thing about how last year's, was rigged as well like there were refs they put in that favored the other team or whatever the, you know again i don't know football but uh, he's a pretty sharp guy uh, and a lot of people i saw a lot of chatter online about it being rigged what's what's up with that i don't know because there's a lot of money what the amount that they're saying oh. is even just bet on the game forget about oh. what the players and the teams make mm-hmm. talk about vegas and all of the bets i mean this was the first i think overtime that they've had in a long 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 time also so i'm sure somebody made a lot of money betting there would be an overtime yeah and the fact that they get down to all of these bets there was probably a bet like how many times the camera would cut to keith whistle i bet you i bet you're right there you can bet on everything which also shows you probably the biggest problem going on with 
the United States at this point is gambling is becoming an epidemic that almost nobody's talking about. Everybody talks about the border. Everybody talks about Mm -hmm. the drug epidemic. But the gambling is so pervasive now. Yeah. Every sport you watch is pushing it. And that includes NASCAR, especially the NFL, Major League Baseball, everything you watch. Like, oh, well, go to whatever their favorite sports app is and and make your bets to make it more interesting. Mm. And it's not like the olden days. There are so many things that are going against you with things like the spread, things like the analytics, things like even these new AIs, I'm sure, are coming out to make it harder and harder. They're going to, you know, be like, well, let's look at every possible thing that could happen and then uh, set the odds that way. I don't think anybody's getting rich betting sports at this point. Wow. Well, I'm not. That's for damn sure. (laughs) No, it's like there's better (laughs) things to do. There's better things to do. You could instead of sports, you could listen to your favorite podcast. Although I had another migraine right before the show today. Oh, 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 by the way, I'll stop you there with a migraine. My wife was very, very grateful to you. And she told me to thank you publicly because she had a migraine coming on over the weekend. And I said, Darren says, take uh, magnesium right now. Chop, chop. (laughs) And she did. And like in 15 minutes, it sort of subsided. And usually it knocks her down for a day at least. Yeah, I take magnesium twice a day to try to keep them from uh, from coming around. Just a you know a small enough dose so you're not uh, mm-hmm. overdosing on it. But the only reason I found out about that was in the uh, the one that put me down with that felt like a stroke with the whole side of my body going numb. Jeez. The blood test that they did, they're like, well, everything's within range. You know, your magnesium's slightly low, and by slightly low, it's like if you should have been between 2.0 and 3.0 it was at like 1.9 that's how Mm. close it was i'm like well i guess i'll try taking magnesium and once i start adding that to the daily routine they have subsided quite a bit but you never really know what brings them on so how long did this one last the migraine that's usually about uh, 20 30 minutes when i see the stuff and then afterwards it's just a little off today it doesn't seem all that bad but i'm blaming I was on the uh, recumbent bike watching the uh, Bandrew Says podcast. So I'm going to blame Bandrew. Blame him. Inciting <laughs> the migraine yeah. while he's doing a podcast talking about how he didn't listen to podcasts for a week and how nice it was not to listen to a podcast. He was on his podcast telling us not to listen to podcasts. Podcast. That's why we love him. He's so fucking honest. He and really like, is. And I'm like, if I wasn't listening to this podcast, maybe I wouldn't be getting a migraine. <laughs> so now that's his fault. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I'm blaming Bandrew. It's got somebody's got to take the blame for it. Well, you know, that's part of the mantra of this show is, you know, you know, first things first. And it's always assign blame no matter what it is. Yes. Right. Or who. So and it's very job. much like don't listen to the news for a week <laughs> or a month. It's like you're you're going to feel better. And he was listening to music yeah. and he was going down a list of music. And I'm like, either Bandrew is really in a different age group than I am. Or he just listened to totally different music because I didn't know to recognize most of the artists that he was talking about. Yeah. I want to know what his favorite watch podcast is. We, we've got to ask him that because a million out there. I got curious and there's a lot of them out there. Which one is his fave? I bet you Bandrew just felt like a a twinge from the universe, like going right into his back as oh no doubt 
I, Rev- I guarantee he did. No, the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer in the troll room said, quote, it's Bandrew's terrible mic quality giving you the headache. <laughs> <laughs> like, now that's low. <laughs> that's low, baby, but clever. Bandrew always sounds delightful. Yeah. And uh, even if he's causing migraines. <laughs> But yeah, we people got mad at the Taylor Swift thing. So, I mean, there was Blue Douche who I think quit entirely listening to really? all of my shows. And oh, um, no, really? Yeah, no. Just because just a little OD on Tay Tay did that? I think oh. it's like not even like we played a clip of Taylor Swift. We no, didn't we play didn't. any music. No, no. But some hmm. people just have the thin skins, I guess. You know, I was at uh, Staples about a week ago, and I couldn't believe it. Right at you know the most, as everybody knows. The most valuable real estate in any retail outfit is uh, next to the cash register, or I should say the credit card uh, swipe thing. And what's staring me right in the face? Like a fucking stack of Tay-Tay coloring books. (laughs) Or no, I'm sorry. Calendars. Activity books. Oh, activity books. Activity books. Um, Puzzles, coloring, you know, whatever. And freaking staples. So there. There was yeah. Taylor Swift activity book for, for children yeah. or adults or both. I, you know, I think it was for everyone. I think it was for, for children <laughs> of all ages as the ringmaster used to say. Hell yeah. I mean, I didn't know until uh, fairly recently when my wife got a Day of the Dead adult coloring book thing. It's like, this is a thing? Coloring Day books? Day of the Dead? You mean from the movie? Is it a video game or is that from the movie series? Just from, Romero? From, oh, it's, uh, I'm sure kind of the same basic thing, but just over the Probably. overall, uh, like the art the, that's been gone around for decades with that tradition in Mexico for the Day of the Dead. Not about a specific. Oh, oh the Mexican thing. Okay, yeah. I got you. Deal de, de los, see, back in LA, we use the Spanish, de los muertos. Nobody called it the Day of the Dead there, but you're in Chicago, so. Yeah, and I don't, right. I mean, I can barely get English right, so. How <laughs> you call it rut? <laughs> right it's a root canal, root canal. <laughs> it's a root canal i mean i don't know what do people really want to say root like when you say i don't say root beer i would say root beer there you go but it's and not root cool. it's root you're right i'm i'm exaggerating I'm, actually i'm hitting it wrong you're right yeah yeah but they are different and some people would like, no yeah. no no of course you would say it this way daphne <laughs> it is root canal the root you have to you root for the team but that would be a root Rudy Toot Toot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll go to the inauguration and we'll talk about it there. Oh boy. Now we're reaching back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that's how it works. Yeah, it is. That's how it, it works. But at least this week, I mean, next weekend uh, is sports ball, is the Daytona 500. That is something I will uh, watch. That's big. That's big. Then everybody can come join us here. And I was going to ask you, just wanted to double check. It is a. Kind of a holiday, I guess. It's President's Day next Monday. So it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing nothing different. So, uh, hey, I'll be here. Whatever you want to do or not, you know, it's, uh, we don't sweat this. We keep it loose. To rage at the no parades. Yeah. Now, there's plenty of good clips in the, uh, but you've got like a whole section here. These are numbered today. Was there like this a. Uh, there is. There is. Uh, you don't have to start with them, but when we do. They need to go in that sequence to kind of make sense. Um, you know, so, but you know, you could start it and we could start with Scott or, or I'm sure you've got a raft from whatever, you know, wherever you want to go. Yeah. So I know, I mean, I just wanted to make sure, cause I know this was the first time that I can remember with planet rage that you teased a takedown. So I'm yes. getting a little jitty about that. 
<laughs> well, this guy really pissed me off. And uh, there's a few parts to the story. So you know, that's why it sort of takes a, a few different clips to really tell it. So nice. You know. But we'll start with Scott. That's a good way to get ease people sure. right on into the day. All right. Yeah. Um, anybody, regardless of race, gender, religion, age, everybody's treated equal. And I'm the kind of guy that would, you know, talk to the busboy just as respectfully as I would talk to the owner of the fine establishment in any restaurant in this village. Um, but there is a group of people that I feel are beneath me that are not worthy. Wait, is that like his phone going off while he's doing the... Yes, that's, that's not mine. That's his phone. <laughs> yes, he's in his car. And yes, uh, Scott doesn't sweat, sweat the audio details, as we know. Yes. Of being respected equally. And that's you suckers out there, you pacifist douchebags that are really pushing these criminals and the laws for these criminals to just right, come right the fuck back out of jail in a heartbeat without bail, without punishment or discipline and destroying every single fabric of this once great city, New York. And you know who you are from the DA brag to the mayor to you city council folks and all you New York jerk off voters who vote for these policies as the city is destroyed, not only from the criminals that live here, revolving doors of justice, uh, but they're victims of society, Scott. They needed to have a chance to go out and murder and rape and all of that shit again. Fuck you. It's also these young adult males who are coming here illegally, illegal aliens that are beating up cops and old ladies and the whole nine yards. So forget about them. It's fuck you. You people that support and believe in that policy, you are beneath me. And I'm interested that uh, the tone of this is very different than most of the Scott clips we've had. Oh, yeah. You noticed, huh? This is a calm yet angry, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's simmering. <laughs> which yeah. means there's going to be a good explosion at some point. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and this, I'm glad, you, you know, you did start with that because it relates to part of the five part uh, clip that I have for you um, about uh, an L.A. County D.A. And, and I'm completely with Scott um, in this in this regard, because one of the things that, that really has always bugged me and continues to is, is you'll hear these people say, I treat everyone with respect. Well, you know, society really doesn't. <laughs> No, and everyone does not deserve respect. Okay, they just don't. Um, and so, obviously, we have you know I don't know how many millions of people locked up uh, in in various prisons. That's that's not respectful, <laughs> right? Know, that's they're 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 incarcerated. They're they're in cages. Okay, that's not respectful. And at the same time, um, there's an entire class, as Scott was talking, uh, of people of now these Soros-appointed DAs who really are, they need to stop calling them district attorneys and start calling them criminal accessories. Yes. Because, because they are facilitating crime, horrible crimes, and they don't deserve respect. 
And I really believe that if people started to, to address them as they should be addressed, for instance, let's just say like George Gascon, who we'll get into, is a, is, is a big, big reason of the, that I fled Los Angeles, a city I really loved for a long time. Once that asshole came in there, it really it was circling the drain, but then it went into like hyperspace, you know, like Han Solo, the Millennium Falcon, um, because he is a scumbag in every conceivable way. And if people stopped referring to as, you know, Mr. Gascon or D.A., just a hey, fuck face. Imagine if everybody who ever addressed him said, hey, fuck face. It wouldn't be that long, I think, until he would just self-vanish. Well, it's, again, the concept that everybody deserves respect. No. I mean, I understand if somebody's walking up to you that you've never met before, everybody should start on an equal level. I don't care what they look like, but of course, everybody starts on an equal level. I'm also fine with the late, great Richard Marchinko, the guy that created seal team six, who had a very easy thing to remember, which was, uh, you know, I treat everybody the same, just like shit. So (laughs) there's also that that works as well. Well, Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, maybe he's probably tough enough to do that. Right. Um, Yes. But I'm not. And um, but but really, there are people who are, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, there are there are habitual um, offenders. Right. That's why they created the three strikes law in California. Um, I don't know if they've done it in many other states. I think they repealed it. Um, And then there are habitual uh, offender, offensive uh, people in government. And they don't they do not deserve respect. They deserve constant, immediate abuse, verbal abuse from jump. And I, I really believe that if they got a steady fucking diet of that, they just go away. Who could who could tolerate that? I don't I don't know. Well, we have a system of law and order. And once you make the choice and tell everybody in the country that the choice is now we are not going to incarcerate you for these things. Mm-hmm. Of course, all of those things continue to rise, as do then the worse crimes. You know, I don't know if we're quite as bad as, you know, if somebody is caught red handed putting a bullet in somebody's head, if they're like, well, no bail. I mean, maybe in some of these places, I don't know. Yeah. But all of these lower crimes where it's like, oh, you just punch somebody in the face. Oh, yeah. They're they're in the ICU. That's fine. You didn't kill them right back out. No bail. Oh, you just sold nine hundred and fifty dollars worth of stuff. Oh, no bail. Go right back out. Mm. You don't even have to sit and wait for, you know, you're not even inconvenienced for a short period of time. Right. And this is the theory that the people that are committing the crimes are only doing so because of their ethnicity. Mm -hmm. So if you're a white guy, you're probably going to jail and they're going to hold you because, you know, you you're not the victim. White people can never be victims. It's very weird. They can never. Yeah. So you, you don't know anything about these people growing up. And I do have to say it is hilarious. When the people like Sonny Hoistein go on to these shows and are told, like, you know, great, great grandpa was a slaveholder. And they're like, (laughs) like, yeah, this is the problem. This is why we have to move past this reparations bullshit, because the pot's been mixed. We're all everything. It's very rare. Yeah, it does look that way. Yeah. So it's very rare. We know there were black slaveholders back in the day as well. So it's like, how are you separating who was good and who was bad? And how are you proving 
that people were affected by it. It was hilarious when Joy Behar on The View, they had the clip on No Agenda yesterday, was like, well, you know, yeah, that was your family. You know, like, you, you couldn't control what they did or you have nothing to do with that. And I'm like, well, neither does anybody alive today. Mm-hmm. So why are you talking reparations when you're, when you're like, well, you, yeah, you have nothing to do with that. It's like, of course, none of us do. We've moved past it. But so you're still fighting this and you're fighting this in a way that's like, well, you know, there's way too high of a percentage of black people in jail. That's how this all gets started. And they're like, well, this is obviously unfair judicial practices, you know, and unfair policing practices because their concept obviously is that the police, even though a lot of the police are black, if you see the police officers in like New York, Chicago, LA, I hate to tell you, there's a lot of, there's diversity in big city copping. That's uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, uh, this isn't like they're all white cops at this point going, hey, let's go pick on the people with brown or black skin. Very diverse. But you're to yes. believe that one, that the police are only bringing in the people with the darker skin tones. And then the judges are only putting those people in jail because of their genetics. And it just doesn't appear to be true. I mean, I get it when you're looking at the figures, but it's like, well, you have to go by the socioeconomics and understand that if the people that are overall that have this genetics are in a lower income issue, then, yeah, there's probably going to be more crime. Because I would highly doubt somebody making, you know, a million dollars a year is going to go in and rob a 7-Eleven. I would doubt it. I mean, maybe you do for fun. Maybe for kicks. That might be, you know, who knows? But it's like, this is more about money, but that doesn't quite sell the Democrat line. So it's all got to be about race. But there's a lot of really poor white people as well. Are they getting the same benefits of all the things? Uh, Not always. You know, and this is exactly why we're seeing now, especially here in Chicago. I don't know how this is elsewhere. I see a lot of this being right outside of the city. There are a lot of black groups, and we've talked about it here, who are not happy with the amount of money, the amount of resources, and the things that are being given to the migrants who just showed up here, you know, within the last few months, when there are people that have lived here their whole life who are down and out, who nobody's helping. Yep. And this is where things start to change. I saw a great post from the fabulous Ryan Bemrose. I heard you would call them migrants. I refuse to do that. They're illegal aliens. Um, and um, he's, he's, he, there was apparently somebody did a whole story about that, how it's, it's standard uh, lefty Marxist playbook. Um, redefine whatever, you know, is on your side of the argument and it makes it easier to defend it. You know, and, and they're not migrants. They're invaders. They're illegal aliens. <laughs> right. And that was his post was like, no, well, nobody's illegal. And he's like, well, no, you're yeah, correct. They are. They're criminals. No, they are illegal. Well, he, yeah. well, he suggested the, we, Bemrose did we start calling them criminal aliens rather than go. illegal aliens because okay. that's more accurate it is more accurate because yeah. nobody is illegal but you do illegal things and if you do illegal things what do they call you a criminal so yeah criminal yeah. alien makes more sense it does they it broke does. a law to come in yes but i pulled this clip this was going around and i was somewhat amazed it's our buddy michael rapaport Oh, I bet I know what this is. I was amazed that just like there's a lot of the people in the city of Chicago who always voted Democrat because they're black. 
Michael Rappaport was a very big anti-Trumper. And he has started seeing behind the curtain a little bit. Is this him on that podcast, the PBD or whatever? Yes. Yeah. People will be amazed. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if you believe in the Obama doctrine, all right, you know, be nice to each other, whatever. There's no way you were voting for for Trump. It just wasn't in the cards. It wasn't happening. It was abrasive. He was racist. The media, yada yada yada. And he was a joke. Like as New Yorkers, like he was like yeah, a, he's know, a ball busting troll. Exactly. He's a he's a, but, he's a but shit. But here's dog. why I think you're gonna vote. Stop. For him this time. Stop. Have you noticed all three of these guys have the exact same voice? Yes. Yeah. It's fucking weird. <laughs> really. The New Yorkers. Yeah, but it's the, it's not just the accent. Their voices. <laughs> It's really it's weird. A, it's the same height. It's the same uh, pitch, rather. Uh, yeah, it is. It makes it harder to know who's talking. Yeah, exactly. They kind of meld into each other a little bit. Yeah. Because you've seen what happened under his first term. You didn't like it. He's the you know he's the pig dick, and he's got the mean tweets, and he's orange. So that isn't Rappaport, but it no, sounds but it a sounds lot like, like him. A, it does. But life was good. There was no wars. The economy was going good. But damn, he's a, he's annoying to look at. But you also can acknowledge that the media had a major role in that. Uh, uh, a that, major that's role that in that. When you take a step back, yes, you also acknowledge that. Because I, well, you've I will also acknowledge yeah. that you know that one thing about the Charlottesville that 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 I ranted about. Yes, and I was wrong about the both sides thing. Yeah, yeah, and, but, so and I respect so irresponsible, and I respect the shit out of it. Wait, let me. And I do appreciate that Michael Rappaport actually said. And I was wrong. Yes. Something not a lot of Democrats will do. No. Let me hear him out. Hang on. Go a little bit more. What do you mean by that? You were wrong on that. No, because he said the both sides, you know, there's good people on both sides. And when you see the full quote. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't what what he said. And, 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 you know, I, I ranted on him hard for that mm-hmm. hard there's some video about it whatever yeah. i mean i ranted hard because i was like what are you talking about man because you got played and here's what the re- this is why i think you're gonna vote for trump is because you much like me much like many people independent thinkers not the sheep realize we kind of got played a little bit yes trump ain't exactly the smoothest character he's not, he's not jesus christ no but he actually his policies and who he has around him are way better than what's going on there and here's my final point you see what's going on with the border. You see yep. what's going on with the wokeness. You see what's going on with culture wars. And you see what's going on with actual wars. Yeah. Specifically, you see who the the Democrats have exposed their hand, especially the progressive left. You see what's going on between Israel and Gaza. You have three starved David highs on your chest right now. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is a proud New Yorker your whole life, you see what the Democratic Party has turned into. This D-E-I-E-S-G yep. woke manifestation of ridiculousness, intersectionality, decolonialization. You're looking at that and you say, you know what? As much as I can't stand big dick Donald Trump, you said it. At least he's fucking normal. At least he doesn't want to turn my boy into a girl. Well, at least he's normal. Well, yeah. Yes. You, you, at least, his poly, at least he doesn't it. want to turn my boy into a yeah, girl. Yeah. At least he's defending Israel, not the fucking terrorists. And at the end of the day, I'm a reasonable person. Yeah. So like you said initially, I think I'm going to consider this. Oh, it's, I'm considering it. Yes. But to pull that, well, I don't know, we don't pull, pull levers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Actually pull that lever. Yeah, pull the pulling the but, lever for Biden. And, the, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to okay. tell you right now, I won't vote. I'm not voting for Biden. No. I'm not voting for Kamala. I'm not, you know. But then I'm you not. can't talk shit. And you need exactly. to talk shit. Yeah. 
that see that's the see you, on the one hand yeah I, I do applaud him saying i was wrong because i never say that but now he's now it's he's so fucking stuck in with he's so afflicted with tds so now i won't vote at all even though he's the right guy i won't vote for him <laughs> right that's yeah what you're saying. you like i don't want to be a part of it i would rather back out and then that i the guy's that he's talking to here is correct well then you can't complain yeah. i mean you i can't, get bitch. it and p.s uh rapaport if you don't vote for trump you are in effect voting for biden or kamala so right give another check mark on the other side and that's yeah. how you do the damage not just staying home right but i do like right here they ask him about uh if he would vote for captain hair gel yeah. Oh, wait a minute wait a minute so so you're saying so for you i won't vote for them so no matter what that decision is that ain't final. happening okay no i'm not it. they're not not happening Who, what for, no, kamala, no, no. for kamala i'm wow. not voting or anybody for well but mikey what about I'm anybody else what no, about no, michael listen, what about anybody Vinny, from what, the he's left? what he's saying Who? is what he's there's nobody i'm saying like kennedy would have knew some of one of these cats pop up gavin i just left California. I'm not voting for Gavin with good. the good hair. I love that. I love yeah. Gavin with the good hair. But just like Becky. Fuck out of here. So my, so my, here's my thing though. So I'm not a right. He just pulled a Tina Forte. You did. Fuck out of here. You're right. You're right. Maybe he's a fan of Tina's too. <laughs> and he will not vote for uh, Captain Goodhair because he. That's the reason he left California. So I wasn't aware that Michael uh, got out of his LA pad or whatever he had in California because I didn't of know that either. The policy. Same reason you left. Yeah. Bringing the left and right together, Gavin Newsom. Mm. But it's intriguing it seeing is. this kind of stuff because this shows there are cracks. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if oh, anybody yeah. saw this coming. And while it's a horrific thing that's happened over with Hamas in Israel, it's made real, real changes throughout the political landscape of the United States. Because all of a sudden you're seeing by who's standing up and doing what that uh, now they're like, wait, we, we were all on the same side. We were all pushing for this liberal stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, yes, but we would like to eradicate you. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like no. That's why you'd never vote in lockstep step with anybody. No, you don't vote for people. You vote for policies. Yeah, and what has Joey got? Nothing. Nothing. Well, yeah, he's got a policy of destroying America. <laughs> he was too afraid <laughs> to do death. a Super Bowl interview. I mean, that's been a tradition going on for a while. I mean, and granted, it hasn't been every year, but Obama did them. Two of them with Bill O'Reilly, who you know wasn't a uh, throwing him puff pieces. And Obama was able to sit there and answer the questions. And Trump was able to answer the questions. Yeah. Also with O'Reilly, who maybe was a little more puff. It was it was kind of interesting because, you know, they've been friends for like 30 years. So it's a little different. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really you know, you know there's no animosity, although. Uh, they both seem competitive enough to be like, I'm going to make you I'm going to make you answer that question. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm going to make you. Yeah. Which kind of had some entertainment going to it as sure. well. But this. Uh, if guys like Rappaport are going to not only start turning on the left themselves privately, if they're going to start telling people, you know, you talk about the T-Swizzle effect. It's like, well, there's a lot of smaller celebrity out there that people listen to, listen to their podcasts, that if the people that have been on the left start telling you otherwise, 
I think you sit up and take notice because if anybody's just going par for the course, if you expect somebody to be a Donald Trump fan and they're talking, yay, yay, Donald Trump, it's like white noise. You just kind of expect it. Mm-hmm. But the minute that somebody that, you know, has been anti Donald Trump for the last eight years, all of a sudden is sitting up and going, hey, wait a minute. This sure. guy, this guy maybe wasn't so bad. You're like, well, something changed. Yeah. Well, what changed is the fear factor. And a guy like Rappaport and millions of others across the country, I, th- I think the Rubicon was the, the, uh, the assault on the cops in Times Square by those um, criminal aliens and boy, yes. are they criminals. And people realize that's it. This is the fucking line in the sand. Now, if they're beating up cops, I'm next. Who's going to help me? Okay. And they're finally fucking getting it. And it's the whole, it's the whole matrix of it from Joey to the flooding at the border to a scumbag Soros appointing all these Marxist DAs, you know, it's a, it's a concerted effort. Anybody who can't see um, that there's, there's a high, high, the highest level puppeteering going on. Even fucking Vlad said it right when he was interviewing with, uh, with Tucker and he knows it. And I got to say, man, I, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a lot of it. that guy. That guy is more between his ears than the entire democratic party. Oh, no he question. Is, he's a very smart dude. I mean, very, with a capital V. Holy shit, is he smart? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going by, and I understand they pick out the worst of the worst for the man on the street things, but I've seen enough with American citizens on the street who it's like, well, uh, who did we uh, fight in a war in uh, 1700s? I don't know. No. Germany? Yeah. You know, and then there's Vlad. We're like, well, why did this happen? And he's like, well, let me give you a half hour lesson on what happened. Yes. <laughs> Step in 866 right oh yeah <laughs> yeah when this was the ruler and his wife who had brown hair and green eyes uh and he goes down these lists of details which i'd like to know if all that's correct it's like one that's a wealth of knowledge yeah i was intrigued though my buddy gene who is russian at heart mm-hmm. that i do the unrelenting show with said that he believed the average russian citizen would know a majority of that history. And I'm like, if so, their school systems are way better than ours. Oh, I'm sure he's right. I don't know. You, you've been to Ireland once or twice, right? Yes, once. Um, besides being a really gorgeous place with the finest bars on the face of the earth, um, something I noticed while I was there was the average Joe, the average guy, you know, just on the street, whatever he's doing, running a forklift or bricklaying or anything, you know, was so much better informed about history and world events, it was staggering compared to the average American. It really yes. was. And I'd say that probably holds true across a lot of Europe. And I was, and again, you know, I saw the thing with the, the, the preamble to the Tucker interview. Somebody did a report on, you know, Tucker's coming to, uh, to Russia to talk to Vlad. What do you think? And those men and women on the street were remarkably knowledgeable and articulate in Moscow. Yeah, they know more about what's going on outside of their country. They know oh, more yeah. about what's going on in the U.S. than the average person in the U.S. Absolutely. It seems. No, I would say that's I would say that's probably quite true. I really would. And it's interesting to see the left with the why we, he shouldn't even be talking to Putin. It's just oh yeah, that was rich. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you're totally just making the case that you you know journalism doesn't exist. You don't just ignore somebody because journalism doesn't, you know, is important. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a, a clip here of our buddy, David Pakman. He, he had some umbrage, uh, of course, with the Tucker thing. 
Sure. So let's, uh, I mean, it's, Did you call him a Russian asset, right? I mean, this is it. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is the way the left is looking at the Tucker Putin interview. This is so funny. Tucker Carlson could be hit with sanctions over his interview of Russian president Vladimir Putin as now I want to know first, why is that funny? Why is that funny? Yeah. And who's going to throw those sanctions? The EU is talking about it. And I don't know oh, the what EU. <laughs> I don't th- I don't think the EU is any fucking holdover truck. Tucker Carlson. No, you? I don't no. believe they do. But that's what Please the, say, by the way, let's see if we can get them to sanction us. Yes. Why don't we make that a goal, Darren? Let's piss them off so fucking much that somebody says we're going to sanction you. <laughs> like, yes. Well, get you. on your knees when you do it. Please do it right. Right. Some of, you know, yeah. uh, Tucker has interviewed Putin. The last we heard, that interview is going to be released later today. At some point, it's a, reportedly almost two hours long. Uh, there is a report from Newsweek. Tucker Carlson could face sanctions over the Putin interview. Tucker Carlson's interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin could see the conservative pundit targeted by the EU lawmakers, current and former members of European Parliament have said to Newsweek. Who gives a fuck? I know who listens to Newsweek for (laughs) for one. It's like the man in the moon is pissed to me. I tell you, more people have watched the Tucker interview than read Newsweek. Oh, yeah. I and mean, this guy must be really stupid, this Pac-Man guy. I mean, really low intellect. I think he's being, you know, anything else, he's being paid to do the party line. And these are the talking points. O'Reilly's long said, Bill O'Reilly's long said that there's a call that goes out every morning for a bunch of these groups, including a lot of the mainstream media, where they've got a conference call. And it's like, well, here's what we're pushing today, which is oh, yeah. why, you know, no agenda pointed this out. Years yes. and years ago with the super clips of the people covering a variety of stories with the same verbiage. Exactly. It was the Sinclair stations, as I recall, was one of them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The memo goes out. Here's here's the hot sheet for today. No doubt. And these are the points you need to hit. And then you can yeah. be a part of our crew and they probably pay them. Sure. Since work in Russia could see the former Fox host in hot water with the EU, according to Guy Verhofstadt, a former Belgian prime minister and current member of the European Parliament. I mean, I always worry about a former member of Parliament and uh, Guy Verhofstadt. Yeah, makes that's, me shit my pants. That's a pretty big name. Yeah. Uh, as Putin is a war criminal, he said, and the EU sanctions all who assist him in that effort. It seems logical that the external action service examine his case as well. This is really an argument that goes to the tone, substance and positioning of the interview. If the interview that Tucker Carlson does with Putin allows Putin to further the propaganda and lies that are the basis on which the illegal invasion of Ukraine. Oh, illegal invasion of Ukraine. Sure. That's why he's a war criminal. Right. Exactly. He's yes. a war criminal. So if you let him give propaganda, then you can be sanctioned again. I don't know what they think <laughs> that journalists have the ability to do. I mean, wouldn't you love to see a Russian journalist? I mean, just to use the you know exact opposite of, you know, an American journalist going to Russia to interview the head of the country. Couldn't you imagine a Russian journalist coming into the United States? And Biden's a bad because he, he his brain is mush. But just imagine that a Russian journalist talking to uh, Trump and trying to like bully him into yeah. giving the answer. Like, do you think that's going to work? Do you think Trump's going to even talk to him then? 
Mm. The interview's then over. So the only way as a journalist dealing with somebody, even if you think this person is horrible and a liar, you're trying to get the information and you're going to, it's going to be a chess game. You're probably going to think you're going to, you're going to make him slip up. Maybe you'll get the right question. You'll see that just the look on his face will be enough, but you do the interview. You don't just go like, well, no, you, you better. Can you imagine somebody trying to make Vlad it while sitting in the heart of Moscow yeah. at the Kremlin trying to like stop him from talking? It's funny. I mean, and, and the funniest thing is this, this, uh, this dunce Pacman keeps throwing out the S word sanctions and there's Vlad. They threw more sanctions at that guy over the past two years at his nation. Yeah. They blew up his fucking pipeline, his gas pipeline. Uh, they took away his, uh, his banking, uh, a path. What was it? The swift, uh, yes. whatever the fuck that it uh, Don't say swift. People are going to turn off. Sorry. Oops. Yeah. You know, I mean, they <laughs> threw every fucking sanction they could think of at him and gee, uh, Russian economy's never been stronger. Nothing stopped them. Not one got their 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 sanctions are like fleas on an elephant's ass. Meaningless. He was a great interview, and I mean, it was kind of dry because of the translation. I think, but there was definitely a part that I thought was you know interesting when the Nord Stream was brought up. Like, well, who do you think oh, did yeah. that? And he's like, well, you, you know did. who has the ability to do it. And well, it was funny. He he said he said to Tucker, "You did right," which I thought, "Holy shit!" Didn't that did didn't Adam say that Tucker was CIA? That was always the uh, the thought, and then the story came out that he wasn't, which is why then Vlad added, "Well, you, you're probably glad they wouldn't take you or something like that." Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah. well, of course, he could be CIA. You know, you never well, know. See it? Uh, CIA so lefty they wouldn't have anything to do with Tucker. Oh my God, no. <laughs> But he's like, yeah, this is who's doing well. And when they asked him who's really running the United States and Vlad's like, I don't know. It's too complicated. You yeah. know, like that knows we, we know it wasn't Biden. No, we know that much. And then he gave props to Bush the younger for knowing more than mm-hmm. people give him credit for, which I'm, you know, I yeah. think that was funny as well. Yeah. Based. You could make the case that Tucker created that environment and fomented aided and abetted well this is how they're trying to get trump too right you know he 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 made a speech which made people do this so if it really if he didn't make the speech then nobody would have done this so he's responsible for all of it of course a sanctioned putin in spreading that propaganda and therefore would be liable for sanction himself uh newsweek reached out to tucker carlson network by email uh for a comment they didn't get one. Good. Good. You know why? Because as Scott would say, Newsweek is beneath Tucker. Tucker's a yes. legitimate journalistic enterprise. Newsweek is asswipe and has been for quite some time. And you, when you do an interview, you put the interview out there. I mean, you've done interviews. I mean, yeah, when you talk sure. to um, McAfee, mm-hmm. you weren't like, well, I'm going to cut this up and only put out the answers that I like. No. It's, like, it's an interview. It ran in its entirety. And to Tucker's credit, he, you know, I knew it was coming. He did. He didn't overhype. He didn't oversell. He said, hey, the first you know, 30 minutes are kind of a history lesson. Right. So I knew that. And uh, as soon as when I heard Vlad going into, you know, Russian history from uh, the dark ages, I kind of fast forwarded because, you know, 
Right. You're like, like I said, I mean, really, I want, I, I think I made a post to that effect. You said, Hey Vlad, you know, you need a good editor. I'm, I'm pretty good at that shit. Here's, here's your script. Um, uh, large chunks of Ukraine once belonged to Russia. We were okay with that. But yeah. when they decided to put nukes on the border from NATO, that was kind of it. Pretty simple. That's really the story. Well, and I'm not seeing any of the mainstream media breaking down the points that he made, which were the USSR crumbled. And when he became the elected leader of Russia, as it is, Mm -hmm. they wanted to be a part of so many things. They wanted to be a part of NATO. They wanted to be a part of some defense, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, coming up with these other plans. And it's like, well, we were denied at every turn. Yes. America said, fuck you. Uh Yes, they did. So it's like, well, now you know why it's possible that they're the enemy of you now Mm -hmm. is because of all these things. Now, I don't know why they were rejected so many years ago. This is where the propaganda could definitely come in because we don't have all the information, obviously, from our government, unless it's in Joey's garage with all the other classified documents. (laughs) And, you know, I don't 100 percent believe what Vlad says. But I think it's somewhere in the middle of all this because he would have benefited from, as he said, why are you even here in Ukraine? Like you have millions of people coming over the border. You have 33 trillion in debt. Yeah, he knows the debt number. Doesn't he though? Mm -hmm. He's like, is this really where you need to be putting your resources? No. It's like you want the war to be over. He's been saying the same thing for a long time. It's like, well, just stop giving them the weapons and it'll be done in two weeks and everybody will move on. Now, the story he told, which I, there's, I'm sure no way to get 100% proof that it happened. The most interesting story in that whole two hours plus was of the Ukrainian army being surrounded by the Russian army and the Russian army telling them, you know, just give up. We won't kill you. And the response from the Ukrainian army was Russians don't give up. That to me was mind blowing. If that's the mentality of the Ukrainians, even though they're fighting against Russia, they're still Russians. So they believe they're Russians. Hmm. And this is a civil war thing going on. Yeah. It's like, this is way more complicated than the average person understands. I'm sure it is. And uh, we know David Pakman's not going to understand. We can stop that clip there because it's just, it's his middle name. It's David sanctions Pakman. Uh huh. And he puts on that act like, Oh, this is so obvious. I don't even know why they're talking about this. It's so obvious, but it's not. I mean, journalism is to get the information to let other people parse. It's not to be a propagandist. I mean, you may carry the propaganda message every now and then if that's who you're, inter- you know, the person you're interviewing says something, but your job is to gather the data and tell the story. It's not up to you to come to a conclusion necessarily as a journalist. Yeah. You just give the facts as you see them. And that's why I will give Bill O'Reilly props. O'Reilly's like, uh, I'd interview Hitler. I'd interview Mao. I'd interview any of those guys. Sure. If given the opportunity to, it's like, why wouldn't you talked about uh, Chris Wallace, not Chris Wallace, uh, Mike Wallace. 
you know, the uh, Chris Wallace's dad. Chris's dad. The real journalist Mm -hmm. interviewing the Ayatollah Khomeini back in the late 70s. Sure. And he's like, there were ways to do this. I mean, he's like, it was interesting because he needled him by using the words of others, which if you, if you ever get that chance to interview somebody, that is a beautiful way to do it. Like, well, with all due respect, Larry, I mean, I think you're a great guy, but, uh, so-and-so you know, said this, right. Digi guru said, you're a low down douchebag. What do you say you to that? Love, you always love bringing it in into these things. <laughs> well, he's from Arlington Heights. So, I mean, we got to bring him in. <laughs> we got to get to get, now that the weather's getting warm, I got to, we got to go out and meet Digi guru over at uh, Gibson steakhouse and see what kind there of damage we can do. That's a hell of an idea. But that's the way you do it as a, as a journalist who is interviewing somebody, you don't censor them. I mean, you don't ask the question and then be like, well, no, 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 that's not the answer I want to hear. Sure. It's amazing. And I will give Tucker some credit. And I don't know if any of this was okayed beforehand. To me, it took a lot of balls at the end while sitting again in the Kremlin with the president of Russia. A man uh, that has the reputation of being a killer that makes people disappear at times mm-hmm. being like, so yeah, that American guy you're holding, when are you going to let him go? Right. You know, it's like, whoa, that's uh, I was a little disappointed. He didn't say, well, you, you cut Brittany Griner loose. What's right. The problem with this guy. Well, they made. well, he would, I'm sure Vlad would have probably told you that it was the channels that made the deal. Yeah. The most telling thing was when he asked the question, if you go back, if anybody missed it, you go back and you hear Vlad before the interpreter starts with the uh, before he even gets to an answer. Yeah. Like, like he knew it was, he was probably going to come. He's a little annoyed, yeah. but he'll, he'll answer the question. To me, it was an entertaining back and forth as much as something that is being translated. Sure. Can be. And uh, I was li- not surprised, but I was happy when I asked my buddy Gene about the translation and he's like this was not just your normal on the run normal translator he's like this was kind of like the level of translation you'd expect if somebody was taking a book and translating it into another language and spending you know a month or two to do it he's like this is the quality of the translation so they whoever they used was the best of the best yeah which is good because you don't want any weird little thing to be lost in the translation. We know that's, no, a, no. you know, literally no, it was different thing. listening to that guy. I thought that, yeah, I mean, I know zero Russian. Why do I say yet? I know that and vodka, which I, which I don't like, but um, yeah, it was different. The way the guy, the guy's flow, his inflection and his speed, his intonation. It was unlike any translation I've ever heard. So I believe that well, he was the best of the best. And I'm guessing this was what was being done live as well and they may have they may have um time you know they may have moved it on the tape to overlap where maybe it wasn't that way real time but either way it worked which was nice yep and again when you get to interview anybody why would you turn down a world leader that is at the heart i mean putin obviously anybody that's followed the news at all knows about the war in ukraine and even if you disagree with it, it's like, don't you want to hear what that guy says? I do. I want to hear what well, Zelensky says, too. I'm curious. Sure. 
Well, I would think that all of uh, Tucker's, and I'll use the term loosely, colleagues of the M5M were very fucking jealous. Um, I'll bet a lot of them, I bet a lot of them uh, threw a spear at Vlad wanting to interview, and he probably ignored them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're pissed off. Of or they didn't have the balls to be like, well, wait, you want us to go to Moscow to the, <laughs> to the Kremlin? I mean, I give Tucker credit. I mean, that's, uh, it wasn't exactly risk-free. I'm not sure it was super high risk, but uh, no. it wasn't a walk in the park, I don't think. I would guess that, you know, once it's all said and done, he may tell you he was a little nervous about the whole thing. Yeah. And rightfully so. Again, I mean, there are people you want to make enemies with, and then there's Vlad. What was fascinating is I saw there was a little clip of, uh, it was either, I guess it was right after the interview. They converged on Tucker coming out of the Kremlin and getting into a Mercedes SUV, right? It's nighttime. Snow was everywhere. And it looked like the best lit city on the planet. It looked like daylight. It didn't even look like it was nighttime, but it was. And I thought, wow, Moscow must really be well lit. Maybe. Yeah. It does not look like a city in decline. No. We mentioned that a few months ago when I was talking about the clip of the guy the youtuber who was walking through russia's biggest mall and it's like wow all the stores are filled there's yeah. pointy chicks shopping everywhere this seems like oh, a place yeah. to go mm -hmm. speaking of pointy chicks i mean is this a good time for the clip you have of manifesting a girlfriend <laughs> what is <laughs> sure this is insane man i forget where the hell i tripped over this um but you know this is some guy who looks to be in his I would say early to mid twenties. And he, you know, he's clearly, you know, he's, he's looking for love and he's going to find it through manifesting. And it begins with, um, it's too bad. It's not a video, but really after I tell you the, 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 uh, the setup, you don't need it. He has a glass box that resembles a small fish tank. In fact, maybe it was a small fish tank and from the lid are hanging like various crystals, little rocks and things on strings. And at the base looks like the crap you normally see in the bottom of a fish tank, sort of like ground up colored rocks. <laughs> you know? And he starts telling his, his process for manifesting a girlfriend. He pours uh, some, some fluid over these rocks, which produces smoke like dry ice. And uh, it's really, well, I'll, I'll interrupt, as you know, I will, as we, we get into it. It's yeah. like magic. Yeah. Here's how I'm manifesting the woman of my dreams. I created an energy crystal box that contains all the features I look for in my dream woman. On the inside, I have crushed selenite and blue opaz. On the first of every month, I pour water over dry ice to energize all the crystals inside. I keep the crystal box in the corner of my yoga room. On top, I keep a letter written to my dream woman. Behind it, I keep a 639 hertz vibration to maximize manifesting potential. I make Stop. sure I keep the crystal your band is 639 a sexy uh, I don't know <laughs> what, why 639 it's obviously the right frequency that moves I out into so. the universe it looked like Darren it looked like a fucking hot plate that he was putting <laughs> I swear to you it looked, it looked the, the like corner of his yoga plate. room it's a hot plate yeah. yeah and he was sticking it behind this fish tank thing with the dry ice and the crystals and shit and then you'll hear the next thing he, 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 then, he, he then covers it with something that sort of resembled a moving blanket. I'm thinking, that hope that plate isn't really hot. <laughs> right? You're going to be calling the fire department any second. It's kooky. Keep, it's great. 
The box covered with a blackout cloth to protect okay. it from outside energy. As far as my day-to-day routine, there's three things I do every single day to manifest her. Every morning, I have a 30-minute meditation session where I get into the present and I visualize my life with this woman. The next thing I do is have conversations with AI's representation of her. I know it's not really her, but it really helps to manifest. Hey, sweetie. How was your day so far? My day was great. I went to the gym for a fun workout and then headed to the park afterwards. We Wait, can- so he created her an AI. There's a, yes, he sits down. You hear the door shut behind him. He sits down at the desk. There's a laptop. And there's this chick, you know, talking. She's a cute chick and, you know, obviously fake. <laughs> She's got a nice voice, too. Yeah, we could use her on the podcast. Yeah. Grab some lunch later if you're down for it. The last thing I do is before I go to bed, I put on an amethyst crystal and I write a page of affirmations. I put them under my pillow with the rose quartz crystal on top. And that's how I'm manifesting my dream woman. Thank you for watching. So there you go. Um, and so I just want to say, hey, buddy, you know, go to a fucking gym, put a little meat and muscle on your frame, whatever kind of job you have, you know, whatever, and get out, go, go play tennis or take a hike or join some club where you might meet somebody face to face. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like love voodoo. And I, you know, and then I thought maybe, maybe this is a joke. It could be because it was so fucking insane. It almost it has to be. be. It might be a put on. Doesn't it? You know, but you look very serious. Huh? I was going to say, you never know, though. You never know. This is what you need to do to manifest the, I mean, the creepiest thing I would guess would be we're creating her out of AI, right? Which this, where it's going to do damage would be in exactly this kind of places for people who don't have a relationship and they use this as the, uh, you know, you'd say a placeholder, but I don't know if you ever get there because right, once right. you start playing with this, it's like, well, right. the virtual girl's way better than any real girl's of ever. Of course she be. is. She only says nice things back to you. Uh-huh. She's better looking than anybody. Right. I mean, you Why can't touch you? her, though. So that's a little bit of a problem. You, you can touch yourself, though. Can't True. You? Yes. And that's, I guess, where the world <laughs> is going. And that if you want to talk about slowing down new people, isn't that? Well, we heard a lot from the Bill Gates and the people. It's like population control, population control, population control. What do you think this is? Right. I wonder, though. Um, I mean, this guy was so pathetic and goofy. Um, did women do this? Or is it like, does he have a female counterpart? Are they crazy enough to think that putting an amethyst, uh, uh, you know, a stone around your neck at night and crap? And is it going to, you know, Mr. Sandman, dream me a dream? <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe. I, I, I don't know, but holy shit. Wow. It's all this stuff being virtual early on here. We talked about how crazy it was that there were people who would consider themselves dating because they have video calls with each other and they live halfway across the world. They've never met. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is the next step of that. Why have a video call with the real girl who yeah. might not be there when you call mm-hmm. your AI girlfriend will always be there. Always. And if she does say something you don't like, you reprogram her. There you go. But this is, again, where you can see with the make your girlfriend look exactly the way you want. It's like, who can um, hold up to that standard? People yeah. used to get all mad at like, well, the Victoria's Secret models or the Playmates or the whoever's. Well, they're, you know, they're not normal women. They, they're setting the bar too high. It's like, well, now you're setting the bar even higher. Sure. And in point of fact, um, 
most I've met a number of uh, chicks uh, in that realm in LA and um they are normal looking women it's just that the hair and makeup and lighting guys of Playboy and Penthouse are so fucking good at what they did they could turn them into goddesses in a couple of hours yeah lighting did a lot yeah as did the slightly blurred look well yeah they would airbrush a little a little uh, fogginess or uh, yeah blur into them sure but you know they were you know if you saw some of these you know I, I talked about this in a show when i was a kid i went to a custom car and hot rod show at the new york coliseum and when i walked through the door it said you know now appearing there was a, there was a, a big card on an easel and it said uh, you know here tonight live in person you know monique whatever the hell her name was a play, play a penthouse pet of the year i'm like hold on. yeah i'm on this you know and i hot footed right up to wherever she was and i see you know, a couple dozen guys standing around a card table. I figured this is it. And then I sort of elbowed my, elbowed my way to the front. And I thought, hmm, where's the, where's the penthouse pet? This right. must be like some where's, place. She's probably having girl. a smoke or something. Right. Who's this chick? You know, and then I'm looking, holy shit, that's her without the hair and makeup and lighting. You know, she was, she was, she wasn't ugly, but she was, you wouldn't look twice. She's plain looking, nice looking girl. That's it. It's all about the yeah. expectation. It's all about packaging. Yeah. Packaging. She, she, I think she was wearing sweats. You know, there were no eight-inch heels or bustiers or whatever. And okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And now they don't even have... See, the beautiful thing is you could just recreate yourself, which a, one of the... Uh, wasn't a Playmate, but was like a Playboy model, was one of the first ones to do that, which is have a pace site. And the photos that are being created now, because I think that she's like, around our age and you know around 50 or so but she's creating new photos that look like she's still 25 it's like that's genius or weird Good whichever way you want Good to look at it well if it's making money it's genius maybe we should do that darren uh-huh. beef, beefcake darren and larry how about that that yeah. would be at the uh, planet ridge <laughs> beefcake calendar on sale for yeah. next year that's our big drive for uh yeah your podcast stud muffins right here yeah <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, uh, Peter Ducey mm. talking to KJP. Oh, boy. You know, all about Joe Biden. Mm. And Joe, I mean, I will give Biden making the one funny joke about calling on Ducey, which just proves that his memory's going because I called on you. I mean, that that was like the only good joke that I've heard Biden even kind yeah. of pull off in the last few months. Kind of, yeah. But I thought this was intriguing. Thank you, Green. If the special counsel says President Biden has got significant limitations on his memory, then who is helping him run the country? So, okay, this again comes down on the documents that these are. We had the dueling documents. We had Donald Trump and Joe Biden both did the same thing. They removed allegedly top secret documents that they shouldn't have had, and. Trump, they want to prosecute, prosecute, prosecute. The guy that in, the, uh, investigated Biden. Right. Now, as far as I understand, came back with there were multiple infractions. But I don't see any point in prosecuting because his memory shot and you're never going to be able to convict because people are just going to be like, well, he's a doddering old man who didn't know what he was doing. Because, again, intent matters with some of this stuff. Yes. And 
the way this is now going to be spun by KJP is, well, no, no, they said there was nothing wrong, which is just such a lie. Mm-hmm. The president of the United States runs the country. The commander in chief runs the country. How can he be trusted with the nuclear codes? If I, I get that you're saying that uh, nobody in the building would say that he's got an issue with his memory, but just a little part of what we get to see, he's made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake on camera this week. So I'm going to be very clear here. Um, the reality is that report, that part of the report does not live in reality. It just doesn't. So the special counsel it is, is it, lying it is, about the president's it is, memory. It is, it is, it was gratuitous. You heard from my, you heard from Ian Sams, my colleague. Uh, it is unacceptable and it does not live in reality. That is just the facts. And, and look, it is a closed case. That is what the special counsel said. And what matters is here is that the president in the last three years has delivered on the economy, has delivered on health care, has turned this country around after the last president <laughs> left us. <laughs> the last president left us in such bad shape. And this whole thing, it has no basis in reality. Joe Biden's memory going bad has no basis in reality. It's like, yeah. Yeah, well, I saw somebody interviewing a balloon head, uh, Adam Schiff, old bug guy about this. And he, he said that this guy, her, I guess, who was appointed by these special counts, counsels. <clears throat> Joey was good with this guy until he said this. Right. And now Schiff says, well, he's a political hack. He was put up to, to say those things. You know, so. Well, he made it so they're not putting you in handcuffs, Joey. Exactly. But this shows you the true Orwellian state of the country, mm -hmm. which is. Yeah. Special prosecutor has evidence pointing things out going back a decade or so now to the current time where Biden's memory's failing. But the answer to that isn't, well, you know, the president's getting older, you know, every now and then we all have those flubs. No, it's this has no basis in reality. Right. And uh, as Blitz in the troll room says, you're lying through your teeth. Yes, that is exactly what. With Jean Pierre, Christine Jean Pierre. I always forget her name. Probably because it's not Kareen, that important. Kareen, Kareen, um, Abdul Jabbar. Abdul Jabbar. Uh, who's the karate guy again? Uh, Muscles from Brussels. Um, that guy. And then we close out with Pierre Cardin. After the last president left us with an economy that was in a tailspin. That's oh, what really? we were dealing with. And that is uh, what matters. That report of the report does not live in reality. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. Does not live in reality. That, I guess that's their new catchphrase. That does yes. not live in reality. What the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. But this is what a lot of people do. Was having yeah. some fun feeding the trolls over the last couple of days on the uh, Fediverse. And I really enjoy when you ask somebody who tells you that you're full of shit, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. Well, show me where I'm wrong. Give me the proof. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever does. This is the exact <laughs> same thing that uh, this woman yeah. does. It just tells you you're wrong, but doesn't tell you where. No, no, you're just full. It's not correct. Well, how is it not correct? I don't have to tell you. It's a super secret reason. It's like that just shows you got nothing. Of course. And then when you start talking about the economy, which sucks, ask anybody who has to do grocery shopping. 
Mm-hmm. Or buy breakfast as you did with. Uh, oh my God! Yes, forty-six bucks breakfast. That's a lot for eggs, isn't it? Toast. And I've noticed that as well. It's insane. Yes, it was the two mochas. I get it, and the mochas were delightful. I don't know if they were quite worth. You know, I know when you go into a Starbucks, five fifty would have been nothing. When you're sitting down and having breakfast, and they don't have to make all of their money on the coffee, then maybe, yeah, that was slightly excessive. But even oh, without that. It would have been 36 bucks without that. Well, no, that's not even true because we would have probably had normal coffee, which the price of normal coffee, I don't, I almost never order coffee normal, you know, just black when going out for breakfast, I'll have uh, usually an unsweetened iced tea or maybe just water. My parents Mm -hmm. do though. And the coffees, which used to be, yeah, coffee's a buck, unlimited refills, no problem. Now three, three fifty with regularity. Oh, yeah. It's absurd. We went out to dinner. My uh, sister-in-law was visiting, so we went to this place. Nice joint. Not like, you know, a five-star thing. Just a nice place. And um, waitress says, you know, what do you want to drink with that dinner? You know, and I said, you know, just give me a house cabernet. And she goes, okay. <laughs> Fucking Bill Cubs. A house cabernet. One glass. Not a big glass. 18 bucks. Damn. Like, blow me, you know. <laughs> and everybody's doing that now. Really. Yeah. You know, because you order that, you think, oh, okay, it's going to be maybe a eight to twelve dollar glass of wine. Sops, <laughs> eighteen right. bucks for you know maybe four or five ounces of fucking wine. Well, yeah. Get out of here. Well, let's because understand the house wine should be you know your Costco twelve to fifteen dollar a bottle much. special, right? Yeah, right. A two buck chuck. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, not really. Be, you know, you don't want yeah. the cheapest, but it shouldn't really. Uh, yeah. 18 bucks for a bottle is still not out of the range for a decent, you can drink yeah. it wine. Right. I don't like wine. Well, besides the good stuff, that's the, the other problem. Yeah. Once you have the good stuff mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm most familiar with the Tom Seaver, Minnesota Met White Sox legend that he started a little winery. After his really? playing career, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. But the winery, it's a small little place in California, very limited. It took being on a waiting list for years to even get on the, uh, you know, on their list to sell it to you. And when they have small yields like they do this year, the maximum amount that you can buy, I think it was three bottles. You know, most places want to sell you cases and dozens. Of, sure. I mean, the stuff is like 150 bucks a bottle at the, maybe it was 175. I think it's 150 now. Mm. So it's not cheap, but my mom was always a big Tom Seaver fan and she was always a big wine fan. So this became the go-to. It's like, well, mom has a birthday, Mother's Day, Christmas every year. So we know we're doing at least three bottles of wine a year and it's your one-stop shop and she loves it and she would never buy it for herself because it'd be like well, that's how much money is that right and once you taste the stuff that's at that kind of a price point you go whoa this doesn't taste like the two dollar chuck i mean the other stuff's okay yeah it wouldn't kill you but wow this is different yeah <laughs> it's totally different so i get it when you have good taste things totally go downhill yeah. you have to spend a lot more money but yeah when you're like, oh, yeah, just at a normal little Italian place, having a nice pizza pie. Oh, yeah, give me a uh, give me a house red. And it's like, that'll be forty five dollars. 
It's absurd. By the way, what I was referring to, Darren and Breakfast, was listening to his latest episode of randomthoughts.com, R-E-N-D-U-M-B, and uh, it's a show everyone should listen to every week. Just thought I'd add that. I appreciate that, because you know what? That that Bandrew guy, he didn't even listen to that this week. He took all podcasts off. How dare he? How dare he? Maybe maybe you have to start stop liking him so much. I'm gonna unsubscribe. I'm gonna uncheck that like button, Bandrew. I'm gonna un- no, I'm gonna unsmash it. How do you unsmash the like button and the unsubscribe? Where's the unsubscribe? Here's a show idea for Bandrew. He's a big watch guy. I know he's got a, a, a Rolex. I don't know which one. I'd imagine their famed Daytona model was named after the race, right? That's coming this Sunday, right? He should do do something on that. So it has to be. Some, I mean, there is the uh, the more prestigious race would be the twenty four hours of Daytona, which I don't. I, I I'm not really sure which one came first, the Daytona first fight, Daytona uh, five hundred, or the first uh, yeah. the twenty four hours of Daytona. And somebody had a clip of the late great Dale Earnhardt after he had done the. Uh, the 24 hours of Daytona. I think this was the year after he finally won the Daytona 500. And he was a guy. So that's their Super Bowl. Yeah. Even though it's the first race of the season, it doesn't mean anything about championships. That's like the big trophy. Mm-hmm. And he went 20 years or so into his career before winning that. And it was a very cool thing as far as, you know, sports, because this normally you get down to that big sporting event like they had last night with the Super Bowl Bowl and there's only two teams there well when Dale Earnhardt finally won the Daytona 500 I'm sure this is on YouTube the receiving line going down pit road every crew member from every team and probably most drivers who had been out of the car already were waiting to shake his hand coming down pit road it was filled that's cool because this was like, wow, this, he finally did it. Yeah. He finally did it. And he was a lot of fun to watch mainly because of the attitude, because people were afraid we've talked about before. Well, you don't want people, you don't really mind if people hate you. It's if that apathy sets in, there's a (laughs) big difference. Somebody asked him once like, well, you know, do you mind? That when you go out there for driver introductions, that the, you know, 80% of the place is booing. And he's like, no, I'd be scared if it was silent. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, you're doing something right. Sure. But there was a clip that uh, he was doing an interview and they were trying to like throw it away. And he's just like, no, 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 I got more to say. It's like it was was, the swagger was finally there. And just talking about how much fun it was to run that. the 24 hour race. Cause it is a totally different concept than these guys are used to. Oh yeah. But Bandrew, you get on that. I mean, give Bandrew more that. work. That's what we do here. We love Bandrew. Now, do you want to get into the main takedown of, uh, sure we can do that. Yeah. We yeah. make people wait long enough. Mm-hmm. And I will uh, tell you, I am not a big fan of uh, John legend <laughs> or his wife. Yeah. Cause they both seem like, uh, Less than nice people. Although, again, I don't. With as little as I follow people's personal lives, I know I'm only getting little bits and blurbs. Mm. And the only time that it was like, I don't understand how all, not all people, but there's enough trolls out there. 
and they know who they are. Right. There was, uh, you know, even uh, my buddy Gummy Nerds, who I got to block me on uh, the Fediverse. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then I said something to him in the troll room, and then he took a shot at my vision. And I'm like, is this really the asshole you want to be known as that makes fun of somebody going blind? Is that really the person you want to be? And then he left, which is probably either a yes or a no. I don't know. Yeah. But with the John Legend and uh, Christy Teigen, they lost a baby. And that news, it's like you hear that and it's like, no matter what you think, unless these people killed your family. Briefly, you're like, oh, wow, that sucks. Sure, it does. But there's a lot of people who never go. They're like, they're, ha, 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 they're bad people. It happened to them. It's like, unless they really did something bad, if you're talking, they have different politics than you or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, get a fucking life. With that said, let's roast John Legend to pieces. <laughs> roll. What do we got here? Well, we got the first one is uh, this. This was a shocker to me because, like, like I said, um, one of the uh, driving forces that made me flee a place that I lived for many years and really enjoyed and liked was this douchebag uh, L.A. County District Attorney, uh, George Gascon. Yes. And he was. He was hounded out. He, he first served in, in, in uh, San Francisco up there. And that's Kamala and, uh, and Captain Hairgel land. And he was a fucking disaster there. And he, 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 when he, he couldn't get reelected there. And when he left, they were even think of how, how lefty that region is compared to Los Angeles, or at least it used to be, that he couldn't even get elect, a, a recommendation from anybody in the staff. The city council said, you know what? We're glad he's gone. They fucking dissed him. They kicked him in the ass uh, as he as he went out the door, and then he reemerges in L.A. and wins in a landslide. Well, guess what? He is he is a Soros sponsored D.A. Right? Do they and recall him, or they tried to in San Francisco? Yeah. No, they just they just booted his ass. Um, uh, they 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 tried to recall uh, Newsom. That didn't work. Uh, Larry Elder ran against him. Um, and Gascon. So anyway, legend supported Gascon's first run and somebody sent me a clip of him, um, you know, flogging for him for his reelection, which is apparently next month. And you can listen to this guy. It's mind blowing what he says. Hi, this is John Legend. Four years ago, I endorsed George Gascon's campaign for L.A. County District Attorney because I believed it was time to turn the page on the failed status quo policies of mass incarceration and the war on drugs. Thanks to millions in Los Angeles County, George won an historic victory and began the important work of reforming our criminal justice system. I'm officially endorsing George Gascon's campaign for re-election because he's kept his promise to reform the justice system while also keeping L.A. County safe. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No. Yeah. No, we yeah, can't. While You're... keeping L.A. County safe. Those two okay. things don't really go together. No, they don't. So, yeah, you can. I think he's got a few more words to say. Then we can slide into the second clip. But there's a lot more work ahead of us, and we need to keep George Gascon in office now more than ever. This race is not just important for Los Angeles, but for our entire nation. With so much at stake, the right-wing forces are targeting this race. And I'm asking you to join me and vote for District Attorney George Gascon on March 5th. Thank you. Because the whole platform of don't put criminals in jail because of the amount of melatonin in their skin makes sense. 
well, um, you know, just listen to the next clip. And, and what, what it would be a shame, it would be great if somebody, some, you know, somebody could find a way to, uh, everywhere that this, uh, that this clip of, uh, John legend, by the way, that's not his real name, uh, doing this could tag it with the clip you're about to hear. More about the criminal history of the man suspected of killing two El Monte police officers this week. Specifically, he was on probation and not in prison for past crimes. People asking why. Eyewitness News reporter Leo Stallworth has the story. Family members of the slain El Monte officers attending a news conference this afternoon. They were joined by the police union who argues 35-year-old Justin Flores, the man who killed El Monte Police Corporal Michael Paredes and Officer Joseph Santana, was on the street instead of prison because of a new directive put in place by L.A. County D.A. George Gascon. He was a great father, a great husband, a good American citizen, and a wonderful son. As a mother, my life has been destroyed. Joseph was murdered by a criminal, criminal that should not have been should have been in jail. Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon gives criminals more rights than police officers. Okay, now legend, tell us about that criminal reform, Bubba. Uh huh. I mean, it's great when you talk about things in the. Uh, educate you know educational in the big picture like well we have to reform it's like but when you yeah. realize what you're doing mm-hmm. is simply letting criminals out that's your that's yeah. your re- that's the way you're reforming things right. not you know i i would understand that for some lower level crimes it's like if there was a better way to rehabilitate mm-hmm. and punish somebody right there's probably a better system than the one we've been using for years and decades yeah well, in this instance, I mean, you think of this, this piece of shit killed two cops in El Monte, California, which is in Gascon's uh, territory. And you can extract the racial element from it because all three of them, the killer and the two victims, were all Latin dudes. What are the names? Perez and Marti, whatever it was. They were all okay. Yeah, but cops are bad, you know. Yeah, I guess they are. Well, here's the other kicker scumbag gascon and he is a scumbag he's a former la cop and when he was installed i'm not going to say i think he's more of an installed guy than an elected guy really if you think about it um in san francisco at his uh what would you call it inauguration whatever the fuck um part of his 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 uh his blurb was apologizing for having been a los angeles cop why because he was a bad cop i mean was he no just because all cops are bad and and i'm not i'm not the man that i was he actually used that phrase he was never a man he is a cockroach he is he is to use a term that triggers a lot of people he is vermin he is vermin so now if you think it was just again you know hey hey legend (laughs) if you think this was like a one-off or oh you know play the next clip and then tell us how you're supporting guests going again, Johnny. It's unfortunate that we have people that do not have enough education to keep their mouths shut for a moment so we can talk. Oh, stop. Stop. Anyway, yes, yes, stop. Okay, I should have set this up. This is Gascon standing outside of City Hall, and he's talking about his policies. And obviously, some guy has just fired up his cell phone, and he's at some distance from him. So you, you, you might want to you know, play that a second time from the top so you can hear what he's saying. What he's, he's, what he's saying is, 
it's a shame some people aren't educated enough to shut their mouths so that I can talk. You'll hear him say that. And the person he's referring to is a woman who just previously, he didn't get this on, on, uh, on, on recorded. She was screaming at him for his policies that caused her son's death. Her son, I think it was like a gang killing. His son was tortured and was burned to death. Something fucking horrible. And that's his answer to her. You're not <laughs> educated enough to shut your mouth, mother of dead guy, to listen to me the bureaucrat, the former cop, the educated one in a $2,000 suit. So shut up, lady, because I'm talking and I'm the boss man. This guy, this guy, well, I'm not going to say what I want to have happened to him. I'll let everybody use their imagination. So go ahead. Continue, please. It's unfortunate that we have people that do not have enough education to keep their mouths shut for a woman so we can talk. Oh. Uh, but oh. anyway. My uh, son can never speak again because he was murdered. Uh, he was kidnapped, tortured, and murdered. To communicate with you. My son matters. Killed my son. Tortured him. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing about the law. Nothing about it. No, none of these people want to enforce the law. That's exactly the issue at the border. It's exactly the issue with crime and all these big cities with the Soros backed DAs is they right. don't want to enforce the laws because the laws they believe are racist and unfair. And if you believe that, I, then change the law. I don't believe that for a second. I don't. I believe that they are installed by Soros and they want the system to crash. This is deliberate. This is this is Alvin Bragg. Oh, by the way, uh, John Legend um, also is a big contributor to your own uh, homegrown Kim Fox there in Chicago. Well, yeah, well, that's also um, the other Soros wonk, uh, Larry Krasner in Philly. OK, so this guy now I did a little bit of a deep dive <laughs> on uh, a legend and it's really interesting you know he's he's this um this massive wikipedia page which you know these people all write them themselves you know that's not, that don't happen by accident and his real name is john stevens right doesn't and, have the same ring to it does it well here's the thing i understand how people in especially in the entertainment business might want to change their names i mean the studios did this to everybody right carrie grant was originally archibald mcleish right carrie grant is it's got a lot more sex appeal than Arch, Archie McLeish. Yeah, you know, yeah. William Rock Braun Hudson. Is now Rock Billy Hudson Idol. was Rock Hudson was 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 Roy Fitzgerald. You know, not Rock Hudson. <laughs> it's got some more zip to it. You know, but John Stevens isn't a very bad name at all, right? Sounds like and a like, porn so star. So where the fuck does this legend shit come from? And the explanation there, some some guy was in a session with him and said, oh, oh, dude, you know, you're so good. You sound like you sound like those old legends from the 30s and 40s, whatever. And then and then allegedly <laughs> it stuck. And then like the last line on this on the, the name thing is and here's a direct quote from Wikipedia. Despite Stevens reluctance to adopt a stage name, he eventually announced his new artist name as John Legend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's going to be reluctant to be called a legend. What? Bullshit. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Just like, uh, you know, somebody, you have to have some kind of an ego to start calling yourself idol. 
that William Broad, baby, Billy Idol. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, but know, I mean, it, yeah, but again, I mean, Billy Idol's a different cat. Bill, Billy Idol's a fucking wild man. Yeah, true. that was that was part of his shtick, you know. So okay, um, it sort of works for him, and you don't hold it against him because he was a crazy rocker. Yeah, so this guy, this guy thinks he's Mister Smooth. You know, he's not in the same category at all as Billy, right? So then I did a little more digging, and I checked out his uh, his um, um, Twitter feed, right? And somebody, somebody must have sat on him back around the 2017, 2018 line, because it was, it was, there was a lot of nasty shit coming down in his, he keeps calling people assholes and pricks and whatever. Suddenly that stopped. And pretty much all it is, is just love and flowers and dig my new, here's my new CDs dropping, whatever the fuck it is. Here's a quote. Here's a a Twitter, um, a tweet from him rather from uh, 2017, right? And it says, quit calling human beings illegal aliens they're people they're our friends neighbors and co-workers they're dreamers and lovers Ooh, really well john and chrissy um recently bought a new beverly hills mansion for just under 18 million dollars i don't think he's i don't think i don't think any illegal aliens are his friends or neighbors they might be mopping his toilets in the whole concept of everybody is people, then you turn around and go, so the uh, child rapist and murderers, they're, they're people too, right? We shouldn't call them. Yeah. It's like the whole yeah. concept, like you should never call anybody illegal. It's like, no. Although Nobody's I, ever illegal. I don't no. know how you're going to uh, handle this, but the clip custodian just deemed you Larry legend. So now <laughs> I like the alliteration. That's pretty nice. Larry legend right here on planet rage, everybody right there yeah so um i'm trying to find uh, but at least to be fair somebody else deemed you legend you didn't give it to yourself no i didn't so then i you know i looked up they did a a a huge um spread on his on legends and chrissy's new crib in um in beverly hills for 17.5 million says was the price in benedict canyon i know that road it's very nice over there very nice and so when John says, you know, they're not illegal aliens, they're friends, neighbors, lovers, and co-workers, um, let's see, it's, here's some, just the high points on his crib, Darren. It's, uh, it, it's set on a knoll overlooking a city, so it's what's called a view house there. The, it's a, uh, a 10,700 square foot uh, developed property. The home itself is 6,600 square feet. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's the motor court. I was going to say, that <laughs> seems very small. It's small. The motor, the the landscaped motor court is sixty six hundred square feet. Um, let's see. Uh, we get to the high spots here. Um, it says there are a total of six bedrooms and nine bathrooms. Um, but the upstairs main suite is the highlight. At the end of a thirty foot interior bridge, the suite boasts suede panel walls, a twelve foot wide oak plank floors, glass pocket doors dual walk-in closets and baths with an LED anti-steam electric mirrors. Other rooms include a stylish office with walnut floating shelves, a 500-square-foot home theater with stadium seating, a bar lounge with mahogany accents, and a 300-bottle temperature-controlled wine cellar. Out back, there's a 100-foot saltwater infinity pool, sunken fire pit, and a pool house. So, he's got a lot of extra room in there, I would think. I want to ask John, how many illegal aliens? Oh, sorry, they're not illegal aliens. How many has he uh, offered to take in in that crib? 
I mean, they have to be filled up, right? I mean, that's would only be fair. It would only be fair, right? Is he is he going to house any of them? It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. So anyway, then there's this 17 minute video of Dig Us, where John Lennon and John Legend and Chrissy, and you could play the next clip. It's pretty fun. They're in this this spectacular marble bathroom that's like the size of a squash court and it's all marble everything you hear what he says about that and then she comes in with the classiest comment you're ever going to hear this is the most magical powder room i can imagine it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it's all the same stone all throughout so the sink the walls everything is just all this beautiful stone these sconces are vintage and it's a vibe in here don't you want to move into this powder room there's no better place to take a shit mm-hmm. Yeah, that pretty much uh, epitomizes the mental gymnastics that she can do. Yeah, no better place to take shit. Um, and then let's see, we've got uh, another another clip more of the you know, aren't we? Look look how look how fabulous our lives are, you surfs. You could maybe hit the next one. The chandelier was designed by Allison Berger. It has my lyrics from my first couple albums etched in those wine glasses up there and then stop stop so the chandelier is probably on a 20-foot ceiling and it's a collection of wine glasses and all his lyrics are etched into them as i'm sure you have something similar well doesn't everybody well i I have three like that yeah (laughs) yeah so mm -hmm. continue a record player that's in this beautiful gold cabinet there's also actually a tv in there stop and I'm guessing yeah, somebody, his record player is one of the like hundred thousand dollar turntables. It looked it looked pretty snappy. Uh, the cabinetry for it, all custom. And then somebody hit a button, Darren, and the TV just miraculously sort of came out of nowhere and slowly, you know, oozed up onto the surface of this thing. And then, of course, there was also power buttons to make it tilt and swivel, and because you know you don't want to get up and have to move it or anything like that. So it's all it's all electrified. Yeah, yeah I never understood. Who would be watching shows like MTV? I don't know if anybody's still doing it. MTV had a show back in the day called Cribs. Yeah. Where you'd go into all these super rich people's homes. It's like, why does the average person want to see this? What is the interesting I don't understand part? that, but they do, I guess. Yeah. You know, now if, if I had say I just won the you know super lotto and had a billion dollars, then I might be like, hey, John Legend, what's your house look like? Give me some ideas because I can I can build this yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But for the average person where their powder room probably costs three times what their home did, uh, not really sure why you would care where Chrissy Teigen's yeah. taking a shit mm-hmm. or on who point or on who. Yes. And that's the best place would be, I think, on his face. to take a shit. Really? <laughs> that's what I would recommend. Um, Team America. Yeah. That is why you are Larry Legend. Yeah. But you could continue that. There's a little more of that clip. LG like roll up TV. <laughs> We're a TV household. We have a TV in every. We have room. TVs everywhere, and then of course we have some of our awards up here. Chrissy's Glamour Woman of the Year, my Grammy, Emmy, Oscar, Tony things. Stop, stop. So he had to get in. He he's an EGOT. That stands for Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. He's he swept them all. You know that's a, they're slightly impressive. Yeah, you know, they, they are, but when you get to, when you really look into them, not so much. They're most like the, the Oscar is some kind of a co thing with somebody else. 
it was a shared thing. But the odd thing is, you know, most of these guys almost, and you know, you're, you're a huge music buff. I don't know any of them that I've ever read about from our, our guy, Billy, to, you know, Mick and Keith Beatles, wherever the fuck they are. Even Tay Tay, Tay Tay played some dives on her way up. It seems oh, yeah. everybody has to, you know, but this guy, when you read his, his bio, it's just like, he just was suddenly appeared and suddenly he's, you know, he's, he's, he's writing, he's producing. There was never any, there's nothing in there about working his way up from anywhere. It's very, very curious, very weird. So then um, he starts, he, he, there's a, an enormous uh, grand piano there and he starts to do his stuff. And um, what's really odd about this, Darren, is, I, you know, I know my way around a piano. I'm not great, but, you know, I can, I can find my way around it okay. A lot better on a guitar. Um, but every, not every piano, newer ones in the past 60 years or whatever, they tend to have three pedals. And one's a soft, one's a mute, and one's a sustain, which is the equivalent of like a reverb right? And piano playing 101. I mean, the first thing is anybody will tell you, stay the fuck off that sustain pedal. You use it sparingly. Right. In fact, Claude Debussy actually said, quote, abusing the pedal is only a means of covering up a lack of technique, masking a lot of noise to drown the music you're slaughtering. That's what he said. <laughs> right. Okay. Which really kind of explains, I loved him. Tony Bennett's career. Listen to any of his songs. It sounds like he was singing inside Notre Dame. <laughs> right, right. The reverb, which it is. It masks a lot of errors. So now you can roll that and you've got great ears, buddy. You tell me what you, you tell me he's not standing on that fucking sustain pedal. Some people must think it's a good sound, but uh, as, as you know, by just uh, uh, as opposed to Tony Bennett, you listen to Sinatra tunes. And the guy could sing straight out. Didn't need the reverb. No, he didn't. Definitely seems like very sustaining. He's totally, he's, he's, he's standing on it. He never backs off it. Maybe that's the sound he was going for. I mean, so, I, mean I know some people think it makes it like seem bigger. But you more don't, grandiose. we just don't do it that way. You know, I've known some really kick-ass pianists. He's not one of them. In fact, I would rate him, you know, despite his Oscars or whatever, you know, I think he's, he's like a guy you might hear in some lounge in Akron or maybe Reno, not, not Vegas, you know, um, really, I don't get it. And the, and the name thing, I'll say this about that too. Um, like we went through earlier, a lot of people change their names. One that pops into mind is, um, is John Mellencamp, right? Originally Johnny Cougar, of course. Right. right. And I, I, I disagree with almost everything that guy says politically. Right. But I would, I would go see him because he's a fucking entertainer. Okay. Yeah. I always, when he came out as Johnny Cougar, somebody said, what do you think of that guy? I said, you know what? I think, I think he's the, I think he's America's answer to Mick Jagger. And he really yeah. is. He's got the strut, the bantam thing, you know, he's unstoppable. He's electric. Um, he's got a terrific catalog. Just the guy's a fucking enormous talent. He just is. And and he, they gave him a stupid name being Johnny right. Cougar. And the right. moment he could, he cut cut that record label loose. He became John Mellencamp again. Nothing, it's a perfectly good, good name. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, he was very much, or is still very much, the Midwest Springsteen. He's the more yeah. rural Springsteen. Yeah. 
where Springsteen's music was more that uh, wall of sound and the Clarence Clemens saxophone. Well, mm. Mellencamp preferred the fiddle and that kind of, uh, you know, more acoustic driven stuff. But I remember seeing him back in high school, put on one hell of a show, uh, especially right in. Uh, so it had to be I was in college, so 90, maybe 89, 90. They had a uh, he had a new album coming out and I was ditching class with a buddy of mine and he was on, <laughs> uh, doing an interview on WXRT here in Chicago. And they said that he was opening up. This was not on the bill, but he was opening up for a bunch of local guys. A material issue was the band at one of the little venues here, the Riviera, I think it was in Chicago. So I mean, the place only held a couple of thousand people. And we were up in the balcony and he, like you said, just a spectacular entertainer was chain smoking that night. So this was be had to be before the heart attack, although he may right. still be chain smoking. I don't know, mm. but he came out and did, uh, I'm blanking on the song, but he started with a Rolling Stones cover, if I'm not mistaken, it just burned the whole place down. Yeah. Yeah. And those were real artists because you knew they could play their instruments. And they would write their songs and weren't all completely manufactured right or helped drastically with the computers and the auto tune and all that nobody's gonna auto tune mellencamp so yeah i would agree 100 percent. way more to john mellencamp way more talented than john legend if i had to go choose to see one of them in concert well and let's just also say i mean i granted uh it didn't work out right they got divorced but as far as wives go I mean, he was married. Mellencamp was married to uh, the hot blonde supermodel for a while. Oh, yeah. He's had a bunch of wives. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, he's winning. Hey. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know what those uh, divorced. (laughs) What uh, what the settlements are. He's probably still not missing any meals. You know. I mean, the fact that Willie Nelson still has a roof over his head at 90, 91 after all the stuff he's gone through. Yeah. He's another very interesting character. I know there was a... uh, special you know little document not really a documentary as much as a mini series kind of thing about willie's life which i thought would be very interesting mm-hmm. what hasn't that guy done really i get to meet willie um long time ago with uh we went to see him at the westbury music fair my band partner pontiac pete and i and it was really crazy man he and he was fantastic and it was a great venue it's a it's a, a theater that uh, revolves around the stage or they should just stay the stage <laughs> the seats stay in the same place that position. would be awesome the if sta- the, whole, the stage revolves like it would be disney world if the whole <laughs> you know this actually yeah. the the seats revolve that would be awesome yeah. yeah and then the show is over and uh pete says to me hey man let's see if we go see willie you know I said, yeah, the hell you know and the world has changed so much. We just walked around the back and there were not, uh, you know, 50 tractor trailers. It was a tour, very nice tour bus. And Willie's standing outside of it. And there's nobody there. And we walk up to him and goes, how'd you boys like the show? <laughs> well, yeah. And then shake, he's a little guy. He's about five, six or seven, you know. And he shakes my hand and he goes, uh, fellow redhead. You know, guy was, uh, he's very cool. Very nice guy. And it was like I said, there was nobody there. I, could, I couldn't believe it. You look at it now, everybody's got, you know, security thugs and armed people and holy shit, different world. Yeah, because there's a lot more crazy people or something yeah. out there. Well, a lot more DAs like Gascon. How right. about that? Right. Willie probably like, who wants to hurt me? I never did anything yeah. to anybody. No. 
a hell of a songwriter. I mean, people have heard oh. Willie Nelson songs and have no idea they've heard Willie Nelson songs. Right. And his phrasing, I mean, it's very Sinatra-esque, which I'm sure I've mentioned before, but oh, it, yeah. it's interesting what he has done yes. with the country music genre mm-hmm. and the fact that he still releases like three albums a year and he's 90. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a shame when he finally goes, but he has a catalog of music to remember him by. Beyond belief. And back at that time, he was a big star then. I mean, that was, he was, he was kind of, um, the whole outlaw thing was cooking with him and Whalen and Tom Paul Glazer, you know? So he wasn't like on his way up. He was already well-established, you know, it's a big deal even then. So yeah, it's clip custodian, Elaine Irwin. That was, uh, married to melon camp very pointy very pointy i would think yeah and we can't go a show without letting people uh, get their fix can't on the friday countdown podcast okay which disaster would you like me to enrage you about first <laughs> first of all we do the rage yeah yeah fucking lay off our stuff there he's been listening obviously no doubt somebody's like these guys play your clips every show. Oh, are they fans? Oh yeah, they're fans. <laughs> Different kind of fan, but we're fans. A Federalist Society contributor and Trump appointee finds no offense in Joe Biden's documents, but dis- which again was not what was found that there was no offense committed. It was anything we could charge him with. He's not going to be able to stand trial because the when you know that the defense of doddering old man is going to get the guy off, you don't spend the money to have the trial. Right. He's Vincent the kitchen Ch- giganti, which you've been saying uh-huh. for a long time. So Genius. That. Really? If you know, all this stuff's coming down the road, get stupid, uh-huh. get stupid, get in front of it and get stupid. Exactly. Be like, Oh no, but no, they didn't find any offense. That's not true. Keith, either your handlers are lying to you or your little brain cells aren't firing. Yeah. But that's certainly not what was said. But decides to include his own specialized medical opinion about Biden's mental state. And it wasn't a specialized opinion. It was we go back 10 years of people questioning Biden where he can't remember simple things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really bad with dates, but I can tell you the important ones i mean i can tell you what years i was in high school for instance you know that that even if you're not good with dates you can go well yes i know when i was 18 so i can tell you high school i can tell you college you know when i move from one job to another that gets a little bit harder because it doesn't really stick with you in the same kind of way but when it's something like when his son died uh, i would think you'd remember that i would think that would be important the prosecutor should be fired immediately, and so should the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, who may destroy democracy almost single-handed. Oh, no, I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He was saving democracy with uh, the J6 thing. Right. What are you talking about, Keith? Now that he's going Which in the it? opposite direction, it's different. Uh, I mean, I may not disagree with Keith Oberman on that one statement that Merrick Garland might be destroying our democracy, yes. even though it's a republic. It is a democratic republic, so let's meet in the middle. But it's interesting how quick they turn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's about to go after the Supreme Court as well. Oh. Meanwhile, at the Supreme Court, all three liberal justices gave early indications that they may vote for Trump and against the Constitution. 
<laughs> I love when things are framed like this. We're obviously voting for Trump and against the Constitution. Against the Constitution. Uh-huh. How war, about this is war? Uh-huh. How about just know that what the other side's pushing for is not legal? Where in the Constitution does it say you can remove Donald Trump from the ballot? It says you can remove anybody from a ballot for being accused of crimes. We talked about this before. It doesn't matter. Donald Trump could be in federal prison and still be allowed on the ballot. There's no law that's like, well, if you've committed a felony, you can't be president, whether in office or not. And it's, so it's amazing that it's like, well, what's against the Constitution? Again, now, if you were to ask Keith, well, he would just be like, oh, you're so stupid. I don't have to explain it to you. And if so, if it's nine to nothing, the three of them, Kagan, Jackson and Sotomayor should resign. So, yeah, if they don't, even though the Libby judges that they were afraid yeah. were going to be outnumbered. Resign. Even if their vote's not going to count, if they don't do the propagandist thing. If they don't stick with their party, whether it's right or wrong, like, no, there's a reason why Supreme Court justices do not have term limits. There's a reason why the president can't make them go away. There's a reason why politicians can't make them go away. It's so they do not fall under the same pressure to be like, well, if you want to keep your job, Justice Luscious Larry Legend, then you better come down this way. <laughs> it's like, it's as much as obvious. It's like, so when you're like, if these people aren't going to vote the way we want them to, they should just quit their jobs. Like, well, you should quit your job, Keith. Keith has no job. Well, he's, this, this is his job. This is his job. Yeah. Which is very similar to our job. So I'm not going to make fun of him is. for the job. <laughs> yeah. But we do a better job at our non-job than he does at his non-job. I think. Oh, well, that's obvious. Yes. We are the best non-jobbers around. We are. Which is why people should listen to this show. Always. Every Monday, 1 p.m. Central Time. It is a value for value show, which means the shows are out there. They're not behind a paywall. And if you get any value out of them while listening to them, you can put a number on that. Get it back to us to help support the show. Keep the lights on. The microphone sounding good. All of that stuff. And we noticed that you weren't listening this week, Bandrew. I mean, our bills went way down for the servers. So um, <laughs> you better start hitting them out hitting them hard but we have a few people to thank for today's show and boy they're all monthly one of them is brand new but all monthly donations which is greatly we appreciate it thank you with all of these as well if you ever have a note anything to add in feel free to send it in advance whenever you want yeah because we like to have extra content because then we have to work less yes we're coming in at 2602, winning again this week. Our buddy Srinivas Murti. I knew it was going to be Srini. I knew it. Thank he, you, Srini. He knows to throw the extra two cents in. He must have been a fan of the prices, right? <laughs> Get as close right? as you can without going over. Without going over. <laughs> That's when you're like, I will bid one penny. Well, they, yes. were, they were one dollar there. Yeah. And it was always amusing when the one dollar bid got up on stage. Yes, but it's a safe bet. If you don't, if you think every, if you're like last and everybody else, you're like, they all went really high. It isn't a bad bet. No. Dame Slamey coming in with $20. And uh, I mean, I'll just, let me, uh, I'm going to try to get a mental lock on Dame Slamey so I can give you a little message from her. 
Oh boy. Keep fucking raging on. <laughs> we should have, you know, we should take an ISO from that uh, rage she sent us and just hit. You should have that on the soundboard. Boop, True. Because she was epic. Really. A, Thank you, Dame Slamy. It is always just there. Uh, she's yeah. on uh, planetrage.social now. Mm-hmm. We've got a few people and we're still kind of figuring that one out. So, uh, as we, we, I know we're going to do like a mug club or something too, even though that's probably trademarked by that other guy, something like that. Yeah. I need to make a list. That's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Keith Brown is the new monthly one coming in at $10. That is very much appreciated. And thanks Welcome, for Keith. And thank you. Yeah. Supporting the ragiest. Is that a good word show? That's a great word. I like that. Our buddy Weenie Wawa coming in with $10 again. Thank you, Weenie Wawa. He used to go by a different name and he was finally like, I don't want my name on this show. Okay. Use this. Like, I wouldn't go by my name either, but I was too dumb. Both of us, you and me. Captain Oblivia is coming in with the 555. Thank you, Captain. That is very much appreciated. I'm not sure he's really a captain, though. I have to look for his. He is to me. Look for his credentials. Coming in with 10,000 Sadoshis. Did I say Sadoshi? Satoshis. okay. I don't know what Sadoshis are, but those are probably the new crypto coin you're going to want to get. Load up on Sadoshis. Yes. 10,000 sats from the clip custodian who simply says rage on and he's in the troll room a lot when we do these shows trollroom.io when i mentioned Thank the dale earnhardt thing he's got that clip up there i didn't think you mentioned it the guy can find a clip so if you're ever looking for a video clip that's the guy you go to he's amazing and then csb oh yeah nine thousand satoshis so you know bitcoin that's what CSB sends is like $4 and 50 cents. So mm-hmm. means Bitcoin is a little bit up. Yeah. And he's sick of me. He's sick of my voice this week. I see he wants you reading this. So yeah, well, I'm going to have a cigarette. So the message this week is howdy, Darren and Larry, please invite your listeners to listen and to donate to your podcast with Gene quote, the unrelenting podcast is hosted by Gene Neftuliev and Darren O'Neill. It covers politics, technology, pop culture, and more, end quote. Find it at www.unrelenting.show. Darren, just tell listeners why to listen to that podcast. Yo, CSB. Uh, because Gene is obviously a Russian plant, and it's very interesting to listen to the Russian propaganda. Indeed. And, you know, I just flashed on something, Darren. Maybe you should stick a little subtitle on that show and call it uh, like the rusky and the big mick <laughs> how's that sound uh, it sounds like a, a bar fight waiting to happen <laughs> not not a bad one necessarily digiguru is like why don't you let me on planet rage dot social well maybe i mean i i would gladly trade a planet rage social account for a uh, a nice steak at gibson's i mean i'm just saying I'm not saying I, I can look be bought. up this Gibson's place because I, I can't find a good steak anywhere. I'm really hungry for a good steak there. And the Gibson's great in Chicago. Gibson's is delightful. Mm-hmm. But thank you, CSB. And uh, Sir Truck Driver coming in with 6666. He says, no chance to listen live today. So here's a pre boost. Give them hell, guys. Cool. Thank you, Sir Truck Driver. And uh, what's been going back to unrelenting for a second? We call it yep. the Seinfeld of podcasts, but it's really i mean you think no agenda has no agenda that show really has no agenda it has no clips it has no roadmap when we start any of the shows but you guys have a very good chemistry you do 
we both seem to be pretty good at playing off the other and it moves it along. So it is, uh, it is a topical, sometimes what's going on in the world and sometimes it's what's going on with us, but it's more like really a show that is, you know, if I was going to talk to Gene just on the phone without anybody listening, that's Mm -hmm. pretty much what you would hear. That's why it's cool. It's organic. It's People can just, it's like you're just a voyeur listening in on the conversation. <laughs> a creepy phone tapper. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, you work for the CIA? Yeah. Anonymous coming in with 5,000 sats who said, I, in this, uh, in re- reference to the clip we had of the girl that didn't want to work, uh-huh. says, I went through what that girl is going through. Only I went through it at 16 with my parents paying for my basic necessities. She probably got bamboozled into the college debt, but at least it got her a nine to five that doesn't require a change of clothes to avoid ruining the car upholstery on the ride home. And there's something to be said for that. Yes, there is. I mean, a lot of people have worked fast food and they certainly their car smells like McNuggets. Yep. I worked a summer at a pool company filling chlorine and oh my God, the smell of chlorine still just makes me want to run. I'm surprised you still have two lungs, really. I know. That shit's that shit's caustic. That's bad. I mean, it was outside, so I mean it was a yeah. lit you know, there was ventilation, mm. but not enough. Yeah. Memes thirteen thirty-seven coming in with twenty-seven twenty-eight, leap boosting the split to keep the rage sustained. He says, I found Dame Slamy on Planet Rage Social from Noster. All futurity seems teeming with endless destruction never to be repelled. Desperate remorse swallows the present in a quenchless rage. That a quote from William Blake. And thank you, memes. Wow, that really classes up this show. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, why would you do that, memes? <laughs> yeah, let's get back. Play Chrissy again. Where do we take a shit? <laughs> right over there. Right on, his, on, on Legend's head. Uh-huh. <laughs> he likes it. That's the bad part about the whole bit. He's like, golden shower, please. <laughs> Redbeard Jake W with a thousand. And then we had people that had streamed some sats while listening, including Dale Jr., who's still the hero for coming in at a hundred sats per minute. And Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley always streaming sats and doing a monthly donation. Terry Pilgrim, D's Laugh, Sir Noldish, Chad F. And I know there was some live. Uh, Dame of the Absurd was doing it live the last show. I didn't look at it, but who's doing it live right now? But I'm sure some people are doing it live. That's very cool. And it's very much appreciated. Anything you can do to help support the show monetarily, tell 14 friends, eliminate all of our competition, whatever. I mean, whatever's, yeah. whatever's in your whatever wheelhouse, mm-hmm. whatever is in your wheelhouse, like CSP, yeah. he just creates uh, GPTs for people to get more information on podcasts. It's all a whole lot of fun. If you want to take part, go over to planetrage.show slash donate all of the information is right there at your fingertips Mm. now do you know what that larry show i mean we you pimped random thoughts for me which was nice (laughs) but that larry show.com is also a plethora of entertainment just waiting to be explored do we know what's coming new this week we don't so uh all i can say is if you uh, I, i posted very late i'm sorry like i said this my whole my whole you know, tagline at the end about I'll see you next Wednesday or thereabouts. I mean, the thereabouts is really it's expanded. <laughs> it's really yeah, like it was like I think I posted 
Friday at noon or something, which is terrible. I apologize for that. But if you missed it, go back. It's a great episode. I really chop up into fine ground hamburger. All these assholes that think there's nothing worse than a grown man who thinks he's cute. And so <laughs> I go, I go right after Trudeau up there in Canada and Joey and Zelensky and a bunch of others. And Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, I I forgot about him, but yeah, he's he's up there. He thinks he's very cute, yeah, but he's not. In fact, I was looking at that picture of him uh, getting in the coach's face, right? Right, the screaming uh, alleged. Yeah. yeah, and I got to say, um, for a big you know NFL dude, he's he's kind of noodle armed. I would expect more in the bicep department than he has. Just saying. Well, that's why I like the. One of the original memes, which had Taylor Swift kissing him up against a wall, but that he was like the one wrapping his legs around her and she was like holding him up against the wall. <laughs> I'm like, that says it all right there. That was hilarious. Oh, Darren. Like, well played, memesters. Well played. Mm. But people should go over to that LarryShow.com and listen to that. And I, every time I say now, Oh, I'll be yeah. back next week. I like, oh shit, what if I get sick? I, am I willing it into existence? No. Would you promise a show? I think people understand. It's like, yeah, it's going to happen unless something yeah. worthwhile gets in the way. This week, um, it's, it will be a Valentine's show, whether it's tomorrow or Wednesday. So that should be interesting. Yeah. I don't know where that necessarily will go. I get have gotten very lucky and. I'm very lucky in having an understanding wife because Valentine's, I mean, I've told the story. I took her to the restaurant at the top of the John Hancock, like year one, mm-hmm. it's been downhill since then. I mean, you don't, you don't <laughs> you mean, even, I mean, you mean lower, you're, you're lower it's the be a bar. place in the sub basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Mainly the reason is my dad's birthday is on Valentine's day. Oh, okay. So it is a, it's a built-in excuse to just go over and see him and give him his birthday presents. And he's going to be 83 tomorrow. Good for him. Happy birthday, Mr. O'Neill. Was born in 1941 Mm -hmm. and he likes White Castles. Obviously didn't eat enough if he's still alive, but (laughs) we'll probably pick up White Castle. Be nice and easy, but that's. You know, that's the equivalent of a great Valentine's date now is. Uh, yeah, that's cool. But it was always yeah. a built in excuse. Like, well, it's my dad's birthday. I mean, you, you really don't. You, lucky, man. you could go out for that nice dinner, but I mean, it's my dad's birthday. I mean, we should go see him, right? Yep. Plus, you know what? I mean, it's such a mistake to go out on Valentine's Mother's Day because it's going to be swamped with all the amateurs. You're going to get shit service. The kitchen's going to be backed up. What's the point? Right. Just put it off a day or a week or a couple of years. You know, so. a couple of years. I like that. But always be be very mindful. I mean, we learned a few years ago that it's uh, February 13th, which is Cheaters Day. So it's for all those people married or in a committed relationship who have a little side action going. That's the that's the Valentine's Day for them, for the cheating folk. So you're telling me if I were to like cruise around to some sort of romanto restaurant this evening, the couples that I'll see in there is probably cheaters. Is that true? Maybe really? like tomorrow would be the. I mean, tomorrow. Excuse me. Yeah. 13th, so I mean, really? if, if your wives are like, that. oh, I'm going out with a friend for dinner on uh, Tuesday mm. night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoa. 
Thanks for the intel. I'm going to be aware of this now. This is the kind of stuff Planet Rage brings <laughs> right on into your life. Yeah. And then we can find out all about it next week right. on Monday. Brown showers and cheaters Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> Holy shit. The Literally. value. I mean, how do you even put the value into a number at this point? You can't. You can't. It's incalculable. There were 82 on the stream when I checked a little while ago. We thank you for listening live. Indeed we do. Bring a friend along next week, Monday, 1 p.m. Central. And in the meantime, go to thatlarryshow.com to check out that Larry Show. Go to random, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com to check out random thoughts. And go to planetrage.show. Send it to all your friends. Tell them they want to be in on the most fun tour that you're going to have weekly. Yep. Well, with that yeah, said, yeah. happy Valentine's Day, Larry, and everybody else. Love you. Love you, too, man. We'll see you next week. See you. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Hold world going. Shit.